from downtown, this is Tim Kitsa from NBA Jam, and you're listening to Nintendo Main Podcast. Boom shakalaka! This week in Nintendo Main, we have Antel and Marielle here to talk about the rare Wii, and also there was a Pokemon Presents. What's the 411 on the info about the numbers? Friggin' Portland Trailblazers. Nintendo Main Podcast, episode 411, your place to hear Nintendo fans celebrate Pokemon Day and Pokemon Presents, and also talk about rare Wiis that we were did not know about until now. But we are your hosts. I'm Trey Grand Eradicator Johnson. I'm Jeremy, all about the melons, Mikowski. I'm John, budgets and basketball knitter. And this week, we have two special guests. I'm Antel. With me is a very muted Marielle. Hey, I know how to work buttons. Yeah, no. Marielle, culture combine is neat before. That's what I had put because I'm a nerd. So we'll talk about that later, I guess. <laughs> how, how's it going? It's been a it's been a while since we since we talked to, to both of you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Quite a while. It has been a minute. Um life has been busy. I mean, we started a publication, uh started a small business. You know, just played a lot of video games. That's what I do. Yeah. I mean, like, that's pretty accurate. I mean, there's stuff other than that in there. But yeah, definitely started a business and then started a publication. And that's like eating most of our lives. So as it will. How can people find the uh, publication that you started? Is it is it online? Or uh, is it so, physical? Or what is it? Uh, it's a pop culture website. So we just do anything pop culture. We wanted to branch out and um, do we because we still do Chicago with Third Coast Review. But Culture Combine is for pop culture. It's um, games, tech. TV, music, um, and it's just culturecombine.com. You know, casual, come in and see what's up and what's the latest and stuff. So that's the that's the publication, culturecombine.com. Nice. And I'll put a link to it in the description of the episode as well so everybody can find it. Were either of you able to watch the um, watch the Pokemon Presents? It, it was pretty short. There wasn't a whole lot to it. But one thing I thought was cool is at the very end, they pretty much announced that they're making another Legends game. The sequel to Arceus called Pokemon ZA or ZA or whatever you want to call it. But I remember that we had last time we had M- Mariel on here was to talk about Pokemon Legends Arceus. So it's true. I was wondering what your excitement level is for Legends ZA. They really didn't show much of it. All they really told was that it's going to take place in Lumio City, which is from X Pokemon X and Y. So it'll be that generation. And uh, oh, yeah. I didn't get that. So I don't know. I, I mean, uh, okay. So so I don't know. Is it going to be in the future? Is it going to be in the past? I don't know. They did show uh, the Mega Evolution symbol at the very end there. So I guess we're going to have that in the game. And also, uh, the, the interesting thing that I saw, and I saw some people talking about online too. It says releasing simultaneously in 2025, which people are like, mm-hmm. does that mean are there going to be two versions? Is there going to be a Wii, a, a Switch one, and a Switch two version? I mean. You would you would think simultaneous? Yeah, it's going to release the same time as Japan does, but 
every Pokemon game has had a simultaneous release. So it's really kind of weird to me for them to say like releasing simultaneously, which they've always done that in the past. So I'm kind of like, that that's, why, that, that's why that's why I think it's like, two versions because it says yeah, 20, yeah, it versions. said 2025. It didn't say when, but it said it was coming out next year. So, I'm, so yeah, but if that, you notice it, it waited like a moment to put the second symbol, which makes me think that it's two versions. Yeah, I, I thought about that. I thought about time. that too. Yep. I don't know. And, and people are also saying, like, you know, there was, there's always rumored of a third Pokemon. Like when there was X and Y, people thought there'd be a Z, and there wasn't a yeah. Z, and now there's Pokemon Legend Z A or whatever. Or they think it. We haven't it, had a third yeah. since Gun never happened. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, what was the last actual third? What like Platinum or something? I think uh, there wasn't like a Pokemon Gray mm-hmm. or anything for Black and White, but, <laughs> but like. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I. they didn't really show a whole lot of it. They just kind of showed, like, this city being built or whatever. Like, no actual footage from the game. But I really, really liked Pokemon Legends Arceus, so I'm excited about another Legends game for sure. I'm sure a lot of people are because that one was really exciting. And who knows, maybe it'll come out at the beginning of the year like that one did. Yeah, I expected everyone to, like, just kind of hate me for liking Arceus because I had thought it was going to be one of their Arceus. I'm sorry. Um, because it was one of those things where, like, I should have put my name as not qualified to talk about Pokemon just because I got into it super late. So I started with, like, Let's Go Eevee or maybe the game before that. So, like, I know nothing about Pokemon for to be any kind of expert. But I loved Legends Arceus, and I didn't really like any of the Pokemon games up till that, particularly. And I played the hell out of some Arceus, and I wanted to keep playing it after I beat it. So that was one of those games that I was like, okay, well, either this is really not what people like from Pokemon or I missed the point somewhere along the way before that. But yeah, I really like it. So I'm looking forward to another one, but I, I'm only finding out about it now because I've been behind on things like that. So I didn't know there was one coming out. So yeah, it's, it's only been, like I said, they, they didn't really show a whole lot of it. I'm just excited that they're making another one. It honestly, it wasn't a whole lot more than a logo. I mean, it was a little bit more than a logo, but yeah, it was just like a very stylized bunch of art coming together to look sort of like a, uh, an ad for Ikea or something, or like some sort of urban <laughs> planning, some sort of urban planning scenario. Yeah, because it shows, yeah, it shows like the world, the whatever Lumio City getting built or whatever. That all shapes one giant symbol from the top. Because what, because the, the place in Arceus was based on one city from, uh, from like Pokemon uh, Diamond and Pearl also. So it's kind of like, I'm curious. I, I think what was really cool, like what you were saying about not playing any of the other Pokemon games with Arceus is just, is that it kind of, it was trying to break the mold. It was trying to do everything differently from all the other Pokemon. And I think that's why it was appealing to a lot of people. And also for people who played a lot of Pokemon, it was like a breath of fresh air. Like I, I really enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was really good. And I like Scarlet and Violet, you know, but in the, but in the end, uh, Arceus ended up being just one, just like a couple levels above, like on my on our top ten for that year. So, I mean, being able to just capture Pokemon without fighting, awesome. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and like the, so cool, and like the giant Pokemon that you could get, like the alphas and all that, was really fun. Like yeah. I, I got like a whole bunch. I tried to find alphas for all the different ones, and and the way the way where you could like choose when, whether they evolved or not, or or you could. And and since it was only one version, you didn't have to like trade Pokemon for them to evolve. And like I thought that was really cool. Like you had like the link cable item that you could use like to to do different things and all that. I, I thought those were some really neat ideas for it. Same with like you decide whether whether they get new moves or not. Like they, they kind of just really really flipped the the regular formula on its head. That's yeah, I really liked thing. hunting the alphas. I spent like way too much time going after alphas in the game. I'd be like, no, I'm gonna get this guy. Yeah. Oh yeah, fun. it was a, it was a ton of fun, and yeah, it got to got to the point where you could just like 
just sneak on, sneak up on him and just toss the ball at him and catch him without him even knowing. And yeah, it was really, really, really cool. So I'm excited to see more of it. I autom- I automatically thought that since it's not coming out till 2025 and we have no Pokemon announcements for this year, that maybe we'd get a, a remake of Black and White at the end of the year. Maybe something similar to Shining Pearl and whatever it is, Brilliant Diamond, whatever those ones were. Something kind of like that. That's what I was hoping because Black and White was probably my favorite generation of all the Pokemon stuff. So I'm still kind of hoping for that to to come back, but but who knows? Well, there's always that chance that we could get Pokemon on the the uh, Nintendo online. Oh yeah. Well, we'll see about that. Yeah, they don't seem to be pushing that too hard, even though it would get people excited about Nintendo Switch Online if they did. They'd be like, it's a Game Boy Advance game, but you still have to have the pre- premium subscription. Well, yeah. And uh, and I think the only other thing is, that, yeah, they're making like a Pokemon trading card mobile game, which looked kind of cool where you get a... So, yeah, that looks really cool. And it makes and you, you wonder like why this took so long to happen. It's just one of those what the fuck ideas. Like, it's like, uh, yeah, I re- I've played different iterations of the Pokemon trading card game online. Most of them bootleg. But one of them I thought was like a real one. It was like flash based. This would have been at least 10 years ago. I don't recall being able to like actually trade with people or anything, but it was like, you know, it was like a, a souped up version of the trading card game probably that was on a Game Boy Color. But yeah, I don't know. I This looks like it could be appealing other than if it really has to beep at me all the time to open up packs. I don't know about that, but the uh, throwing cards at each other to trade them and stuff, that seems cool. And the, the battles, like just using your phone as your deck of cards, that could be awesome. I'm willing to give it a try. I don't know. I I really I really don't like mobile games at all. So I, I don't really play these games. But I'll, I'll download it and try it. You know, like I I, I tried uh, Pokemon Sleep. I saw that was in there, but uh, it was uh, ended up being too much. It was too much effort. I'll say you know? it's the most compelling game since Pokemon game I've seen on mobile since Go. Since Sleep. I'll say that. <laughs> no, uh, no. Uh, <laughs> the Pokemon, Pokemon trading card game, whatever. It's like the, looks like looks to be the, possibly the coolest one since Go. And in I think didn't they say that like the company that worked on the original Game Boy game was working on it? At least, at least that's what yeah. I thought I got from it. So, so that's cool. I'll try it out. But yeah, aside from that, it was pretty. It was pretty short, short and to the point. A whole lot of mobile stuff. A whole lot of additional stuff right. for whatever. Just Masters. More X reminders and, that there's just so many Pokemon games on mobile. Like I've lost track of. Yeah. I mean, the na- they're just like you could you could just have AI generate Pokemon mobile game names, and I would believe them probably. Yeah, probably right. Like Master, was it Masters X? That was one. They've got Pokemon Sleep. They've got the one. Isn't there one for brushing your teeth? Pokemon Smile. Did that come out here? Yeah. I, I don't know if that ever actually came out. I remember seeing videos of it. I mean, there's all kinds of grooming apps we could we can expect <laughs> in the future. Pokemon shoelace tying <laughs> or something. But yeah, I think we can. I think we can move on from that. Like I said, there wasn't a whole lot that happened, but super excited about the Legends thing. Yeah, they really just uh, didn't really show us anything, but. Still, we got something to look forward to in 2025, right? But why don't we uh, why don't we go to the part where part of our show where we talk about games that we got and games that we've been playing for the week? Why don't we talk with uh, with both of you about the uh, the mysterious uh, Wii that you sent us an email about a while back? We did we did read the email. I don't remember which episode it was, but we were all very intrigued about about what you had come across. And, yeah, uh, and I regret. I had meant to actually set up a photo shoot so I can send you uh, pictures too. So this is kind of a reveal. Um, well, uh, it's uh, a little bit hard to explain. I mean, look, 
kind of mentioned before the show, um, I'm connected with a game shop. So I kind of have, uh, you know, I, I buy collections, things like that. And uh, well, I guess I should, you know, start at the beginning. I'm a journalist. I'm a video game historian and I'm a uh, avid retro collector and uh, I'm always looking for interesting things. And so uh, I got the word that um, a, I guess, a potential seller was looking to offload a very unique Wii. In fact, I'm going to pick it up and show it to the camera here, but I don't know how much you're going to be able to see it. But um, the best way to describe it uh, is it's a We Did It ATI Wii that they only gave to company employees. And company, when the I first... being ATI, yeah. Yes, yes, yeah, sir. Yeah. Um, they're the yeah. manufacturers of the of the the chip the processor right yes yeah yeah i have a lot of of info on that for you in, in the second in the second round here and, and both, both, i was gonna say it's actually kind of disappointing to look at <laughs> i was gonna say yeah, both, both of you feel free to to you know to chime in on your you, you don't have to go like one after another or whatever you know now it's I knew this wouldn't show up great on camera because it's it's actually engraved. Yeah, it's like white um, on white on white almost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can see the ATI kind of I in see the middle. It now. What it says is we did it, ATI. Also Nintendo brought on um NEC uh 90 nanometer, and it shows the Vegas chip, which is actually a component of the Hollywood. Oh, uh, now you can see MCM. it a little bit better. Yeah. So it has the chip embedded in the door. So all of this is in the door. I have to hide my face because my camera wants to see my face. There we go. There, yeah, that is what it's doing. Yeah, so you see the top there? This is the side where the GameCube, where the GameCube spots are, right? Yeah, yeah, they're the there. Yeah. yeah. And that's a, kind of one of the unfortunate things because this is a, it's an early production run Wii, obviously. And it's kind of sad because it's just the door. It's not the actual body of the system that's engraved. And um, it doesn't have any unique software on it. Um, it came with a, I actually have the complete box. Um, and, it, you know, there was nothing else unique about it, except it did come with the actual original door, uh, which was interesting because it, it has an extra door. Um, oh. But then it also has this engraved door. Um, and uh, there was no more than, uh, we're not sure now, Mariel's going to talk more about the... Uh, the research here, but there's no more than uh, 50 of these, and I think um, as little as few as 12. Yeah, 12, 12 is the low end of it. Well, okay, there wow. were people that said five. We're at five to 50 of these from the sources that I've already talked to, um, just because it wasn't a thing where they were at like a big conference. It wasn't given to like everyone who worked for ATI. It was given to a very specific team who was working on that project, which makes it not something that a lot of people would have their hands on, which is what's cool about it. But like you can see, it doesn't, it's not like cool looking really. I mean, like there's a little chip embedded in it and it's on the letters are just engraved on the door. It's, it's fairly, it looks like a Wii unless you get real close to it, you know, and you're like, what's that copper thing? But yeah, I mean like Altul, I was going to, I didn't want to like step on you. So let me know if there was stuff you still want to cover, but yeah, there, so it's more of a, because we're journalists, both of us, it's more of a nerd thing for me. I want to know, like, what's going on? How did this come to be? And, like, does anyone else have any accounts of it? Well, um, um, I guess the, the final part of the story that I want to add is that uh, apparently uh, the person who had purchased it um, didn't even know what it was. They just bought a complete in-box suite, you know, for themselves, pulled it out. And then discovered it was this. And then, you know, of course, look for somebody to purchase it. Um, now, uh, I guess my ultimate goal here is to either 
um, find a home for it uh, if it doesn't stay in my private collection, put it inside a uh, museum if somebody's interested, or, uh, you know, if there's a, um, I guess, a collector that collects specifically um, this type. Because, I mean, it's a very niche type of thing. It's not a Nintendo uh specific thing it's for ati and ati employees but you know marielle's going to talk more about so so what is that chip you said it's a hollywood chip it's specifically okay so this is where it gets into the nitty-gritty um and actually damn hold on one second i'm just gonna look for um because give me one second i'm so sorry i just need to open up a different document that i didn't have ready so i guess hollywood is the chip it's a but it's a multi-chip module so there are three chips that make up the Hollywood set. And I believe, and I'm going to look at my notes here because I actually have been really digging into it um, so that I could explain it because before this, I really didn't know. So Hollywood is actually the name of the GPU, which is refers to the multi-chip module. Um, yeah, Broadway is the name of the CPU specifically. And Vegas is a part of the, um, the multi-chip module that controls the IO functions. So when you get really like nerd down into it, it it's one part of the multi-chip module. So it's like, you know, a sandwich. I thought the, I thought the Vegas chip was actually the uh, graphics part of it. And the unnamed one would control the, or Broadway control the IO. So that's where it gets interesting. Cause so um, the, the reason why we've been like tag teaming this is because when Altul first looked, did the research, there's not a lot of information. Like there really isn't. And the there isn't. Out, In fact, if you look online, if you try to find information on this, there's like one picture of this yeah. thing on the entire internet. I found, I, yeah, I like I haven't even showed them. This. There's a second one I found, but it's like it's it's like a like a yeti, you know. <laughs> it's hard to spot. <laughs> like people don't think it exists, and and the thing that's interesting about it is trying to find all the information. Um, and I think Alto was talking about kind of like we were both talking about it. It's funny because it is neat and it's rare, but it's rare more. It's rare and it's interesting because of its place in video game history more than because it's cool looking or does anything different. Because like by the standards of like special edition consoles, it's kind of boring. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. But it was such an interesting time for Nintendo because obviously so gosh, I want to like I want to like speed through this, but I don't want to miss some of the exciting stuff that we found out. So anyway, so Nintendo had been working with ATI and Artifacts was actually a company that had been an earlier version of what became ATI. And so there was about, from what I've understood, there's about a 30 person team who was working with Nintendo specifically. Now there's a GameCube that's actually pretty similar to this that Altel actually found the research about first. Um, and GameCube had a whole module. Um, if you ever look at the uh, GameCube like serial numbers, it starts with DOL, which was short for Dolphin because they called it the flipper module. And so it's a similar thing. They were working on a chip for this GameCube. Um, so this was the next generation of it. At the time in like chip history or like computer processing, graphics processing. So then Artifacts was, became ATI. And ATI became AMD at the exact same time practically that the the this particular we would have that we in general released. So yeah, and that's actually what makes it kind of hard to find some of this information yeah. because ATI, um, as soon as the Wii was released, and you know the employees got these uh, consoles, basically ATI was gone and um, mm -hmm. you know already swallowed up in AMD. I know they were using the ATI name for a few years after that, but. Um, uh, and yeah. they still kind of are a little bit now, but it's all AMD at this point. 
So what happened was actually the the and the acquisition of um, ATI by AMD was announced in like May or June that year, and then in November the week came out. So by the time that was done, it was already over. So when they when people got this Wii, there was no more ATI because you know what I'm saying. Or if it was, it was going to be. They already knew that it was going to be something different. And from what I understand now, it's just like I said, it's a very interesting time in video game history. So. Uh, cut to, I started to contact people because I found a forum where there's some rare consoles where someone had one picture of it and they had seen it, who had seen it from somebody else. And so I'm working that little web to try to find the original person who posted the picture, who I believe is an employee of ATI who's living in Boston now. Because hmm. I went, we're going like X-Files deep on it. But yeah, you've, you've reached out to... Um... Yeah, yeah. So one of the people I reach out to, his name is Rick Bergman. This is where it actually gets kind of exciting because he used to be the senior vice president and general manager of uh, graphics products groups at AMD. So he was kind of like a PR guy. Um, and when I talked to him, um, he I, I found his information because every time they were talking about this chip and how they had partnered with Nintendo he was involved some, he would have like a pull quote or something like that. So I reached out to him thinking that he wasn't going to answer, but he did actually. And he gave me a ton of information. So what he told me is, and this is as far as we've gotten so far, because we're in progress with this research. But um, at the time they were also, um, ATI was also working with um, Xbox on the Xbox 360. And they had a really powerful chipset, and they were pressuring Nintendo to be like, Hey, you should, you know, maybe compete with Xbox 360 and PlayStation by like making a beefy chipset like we're doing with Xbox 360. And people were like, I don't know about that. And Nintendo, of course, stays the course, keeps the motion controls and works on this separate thing. Well, apparently the subgroup who was in this was Artifacts, who was the company that ATI had swallowed. And what happened was what I'm getting from the CEO is when um, they came into ATI, they were already working on the chipset that would be for the GameCube and for the Wii. And they were like, we're not going to mess with you because you guys already had this project going and you have the relationship with Nintendo. So we're just going to let you do the thing that you do. And that carried on all the way through this Wii, apparently. And so those are the people that now I'm trying to get in touch with, which is a smaller group of people who would have been directly involved in the project. So he narrowed down my research pool by a lot. Because as you can imagine, AMD is bigger than ATI is bigger than Artifacts. So that's a lot of people you got to fish through. And he drilled it down for me. So um, I have one or two other contacts now that I'm working on, but I'm like, I'm, that's where we're at now is just from what I'm gathering too, it was a small team. There wasn't very many people and more people were working on the Xbox project and still more people were, kind of parting ways because of the acquisition so the reason why it is cool is there really might not be very many of these by claims on the console collector site there's 12 that people own but you can't and when i went back and verified their records and their collections i could only find four people who actually had one if they're if they're accurately claiming it and it's completely open forum so people can say i have this need there's it's not like they're running a check so um and then from what i'm getting from what I'm confirming now with the CEO is, yeah, it was a small team, smaller than just ATI. It's smaller. It goes down to this Artifacts team, and there's only about 30 people there. So if it went just to that team, this is a really cool piece. And I think, like, one of the things that's interesting, too, and the reason why uh, the historian part of me is excited, and um, Antel's the one who got me started on it, is just it's not really worth that much because it's not, like, pretty and it's not, like, flashy and it doesn't do anything different. 
But I think what's neat is that it was such a cool part of history for Nintendo. Like this was before it was just about to pop out. Nintendo was going to sell just tenfold the consoles of Xbox and PlayStation, even though they were doing the wrong thing. It's it's a really cool point in Nintendo history. And for me, that makes it valuable, whether it's actually valuable or not. And that's why we wanted to share it with you guys, because it's weird and it's historical and it's at a really critical point in Nintendo. Like it could have completely flopped and then we wouldn't even... You know, but it didn't, and that's where it is. Yeah, it's definitely cool and exciting to me. Anytime something comes out that hey, this was only for employees, you know, whether Nintendo or one of their partners, uh, certainly when when extend that now to you know console, you know, versus just a tchotchke or whatever, like that's definitely implicitly interesting. Also, kind of seems a little bittersweet because it was like. Hey, sorry about the company dissolving. Here's uh here's the <laughs> yeah. name of that dissolved company on the on a Wii for you. Yeah, right. Like you remember when you worked with ATI yeah. but everything's changed now. Oh, sorry. Yeah. We did it and now we're done. Yeah, it's such yeah. a weird thing. Yeah, you here's a, here's a Wii. Go uh play games. <laughs> we don't need you around here anymore. <laughs> I mean, they're some of the first ones to get it, I guess. Because those yeah. channel numbers low, we can confirm it's yeah, and I don't know if you remember how hard Wii's were to get back then. So I mean that's yeah. kind of that's pretty cool though. I mean, just by itself a low serial number. Well, um also it's in great condition. Uh you can tell it's been used. Uh the you know, bottom's a little bit scratched up from being moved around but um yeah i mean it's it's kind of funny uh you mentioned kind of bittersweet but i mean uh the fact that it was sold and how it was sold is kind of sad in itself uh because the individual who actually sold it to me like i said they got it for like 80 dollars complete in box and the person who they bought it from didn't even realize what it was they thought it was just a you know inbox we mm -hmm. and um you know how they got it i can only guess and you know probably didn't you know relative or something you know passed away didn't know what it was and it ended up in this person's hand and you know now i have it like i said i'm a i'm a historian so i'm, I'm of the mind where i'm like it belongs in museums so, i mean like that's kind of one of my goals here with it I mean, think about one of the most famous uh, special edition consoles or prototypes, which I mean, I'm sure everyone here is familiar with because we've talked about it a lot on the show, but the, the Nintendo PlayStation that they were showing yeah. off for a while at uh, conventions, all that yeah. was, I mean, all that thing could do was play Super Nintendo games, and, well, Fam Super Famicom specifically, and, uh, and CDs, audio CDs, but it didn't have any like real functionality beyond some like burnt CDs somewhere that no one knows where they are, but and that thing's, you know, that was the special guest of its own, you know, going from convention to convention. It was like it had its own personality in a way because it was so rare. So, you know, there is a lot of merit in those kinds of consoles. I think a lot of people want to see that stuff because it's a per that's a piece of history. Like you said, that's to, to those of us who are passionate about games beyond just playing them, but where they come from, we want to know more about them. Something like that's great. And I, and I, I I'm honored to have it on the show. Thank you. Well, I mean, like it's fantastic show it off and, you know, that's, that's my goal mm -hmm. is to, you know, let it be more widely known. Cause, um, you know, like we said, there's only a couple pictures on the internet and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's cool to get it out there. Yeah. And to me, it's like the, I don't know. I get sentimental when I do pieces like this, cause it's going to be a long piece because I'm going to follow it through all of our research until we figure out what's the ultimate destination. But it's like, it's kind of like the ugly duckling here, but, it, you know, it, it could grow up into a 
really interesting swan, you know, like we might, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be more about what we learn along the way. I know that sounds corny, but seriously, I think it's going to be more about talking to all these historians about the point in time and everybody taking pictures of it. Be like, look at this. It's cool. You yeah. Know? I mean, we've already it's met some interesting that. people. Uh, we've talked to some cool people about it and, um, you know, we do valuations ourselves, um, uh, things like that. And I've, I've brought it to people uh, for that. And most of the people I brought it to are like, what is that? <laughs> you know, I've never even heard of <laughs> yeah. that before. And it's super cool. You know, they take out their phone and immediately take a picture of it so it, it's really cool just you know taking around and showing it off to you know get people's opinions to see uh you know if they have any information or you know what they think of it and stuff like that yeah, yeah all the research these, has been the most fun part honestly it's exciting to to find something that you know obviously like just you you look at it and oh it looks like a wee but then you look a little closer and, oh now it looks wait that's different that's different so you're already like you picked up a thread and you want to follow the thread and who knows where the thread's gonna lead so kudos to you guys for for digging in and telling this story of uh, this this console that that most people don't know about it, including me, until pretty much now. And and it's also like one of the very first Wii's, right? Like like the beginning of this like uh, yeah. line mm-hmm. of successful s- systems that Nintendo made. So it's like right. seeing seeing the very beginning, you know, almost like a prototype sort of thing. So yeah, I mean, what I'm really wondering cool. is. There's a possibility based on the time frame, and this I haven't been able to confirm yet, but this is something, this is one of the threads I'm chasing. There is a possibility those were given to them pre launch. Um, and that there was a good possibility because it was done by the time it was, by the time that the merger was announced and it wasn't released until November, but that doesn't mean it wasn't, you know, able to be produced in small batches and stuff like that. So there is, there, and this is, not a thing I can confirm with actual sources yet. So that's what I'm saying. But um, like, so huge caveat there, but there is a possibility it's a pre-release. The serial number doesn't seem to indicate that though. So I would imagine it's going to be early release, but you know, as I talk to people, there, there still is that possibility. Yeah. And if you're talking books, you know, everybody wants a first edition or whatever, this would be the, the new first edition then versus the guy who went to the retail store on day one and got it. No, I got a first ever weed. Nope. Actually, there's a whole <laughs> generation before you that uh, says, you know, ATI on it now. Yeah. That's my ugly duckling moment. Cause you know, you take out the slightly scuffed, like kind of ugly looking weed and you're like, no, this is the first. <laughs> it's not pretty, <laughs> but it's the first. <laughs> I have a question about the chip that's embedded on there. So is that like, is, is that an actual, yeah, yeah. Chip is the actual chip. I got you. It's the real thing. Yeah, that I've been able to confirm so far. It's the actual chip. It's it is the for real. The rumor is that the those were the uh, the dead ones that were uh, embedded oh. in there. I was gonna um, say it'd be kind of cool if you got an extra one of those chips and <laughs> an extra door. <laughs> that would be kind of cool, huh? Yeah. No, but yeah, we're that's um that is the rumor that it's it, it is supposed to be the real chip and from every account we've heard it's the real chip. Um but yeah, I mean, I wonder if it is dead. That's interesting. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure you've tried it, right? I'm sure it works. Like you plugged it in and, and played something on it, right? <laughs> yeah, yes, the, like, the Wii works, yeah. yeah. Um <laughs> Mike and um Oh, you mean <laughs> All the games have an ATI watermark on them for some reason. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's a, that's kind of the saddest part. That is, there's really nothing interesting about the software inside of it. It's um, kind of just a mundane Wii. Um, I'm not sure if it was wiped um, at some point um, in its life early. It, it's definitely 
Um, I left it as is now, but um, mm. yeah, there's nothing interesting on it, sadly. I know it's not like. Does it have know? like everybody votes and Mario Kart TV and, and all that stuff on there, <laughs> like that you could yes. download for the? Yeah. Yep, it's it has all the old channels, and it was a very loved Wii. So it has a lot. It has pretty much every channel. Uh, it has a bunch of um, uh, the eShop games. I forgot what the shop was called. The Wii Shop, I guess. Yeah. Wii Shop games and whatnot. I used to love spinning the globe around in the the news app. Oh yeah, it's always interesting when you pick up a used Wii and you see like, what do they have on here? You know, see like what sort of stuff. Oh, that's one of my on, favorite on the menu things. And all that. Yeah. Well, um, I process a lot of um, consoles, uh, you know, that are picked up in collections and whatnot, and uh, literally hundreds, uh, probably in a month. And um, some of the stuff that I find on them is very cool. Like, I was just like old Xboxes, you know, especially OG Xboxes. Um, they have uh, like um, people would rip their soundtracks to them and stuff. So I go through and listen to like their, you know, CDs or whatever they were listening to. It's great. It's it's awesome. It's, it's like always a, time- a throwback. Yeah. 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 It's a real good throwback. Time capsule to whatever whatever they were doing when they were playing it. It's like yeah. you found an iPod and an Xbox. <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah. Or. Or in the case of one of the PS3s we took, we found five actual games jammed inside the CD drive. Five. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a completely oh. different thing. But yeah. So uh, they had <laughs> the children. The first game wasn't saying. working. So just you know, try another one. Try another one. <laughs> I, I, had, I had a similar thing happen to me, but not five. Like it, But I, I bought a used Wii and it had two games jammed in it. So it had like a really scratched Call of Duty in there, like on the bottom of another. And I was like, what? Like, who? It's I, it's I guess that's an extra surprise. You buy it and you plug it in, and you find out there's games jammed inside of it. It's like, oh, okay. That actually <laughs> happens a lot. Yes, it, it does. Yeah. yeah. It was scratched to shit and it didn't work, obviously. I tried it, but yeah, it was just yeah, the surprises you find in there. <laughs> <laughs> I just like to think like that, yeah, it wasn't a kid. It was like they had a pet monkey or like a parrot or something that was just <laughs> adept enough to to shove those discs in, but you know, without any sort of regret. Right, like, ooh, look at that. <laughs> well, I know the PS3 she was talking about um, specifically. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it had a bunch of a uh, few children's DVDs shoved in there too. So it's definitely oh, okay. A, wow, you're like, oh, that's right, and let us know. Yes, something like Paw that. Paw Patrol, yeah. yeah yes, <laughs> Pop, that's right. That's what it was. Yeah. It was Paw Patrol, so I was like, oh, this is probably a case of some children jammed five of them in there. Probably like, some woke child saying <laughs> <laughs> F the Paw Patrol. <laughs> it's like, well, well, this one didn't work, so let's okay. let's jam two more discs in there and see what happens. <laughs> you do get free games that way when that's what you do. You just pull them right out. <laughs> so you guys are looking to put this system in a museum, and when I think video game museums, museums probably like a lot of people, I think the Video Game History Foundation that's the one I keep hearing of the most. Have you tried oh, yeah, contacting okay. them at all? Uh, uh, not them specifically. Um, before the show, I had mentioned um, Sean Kelly, uh, the Vagtrax guy, actually. He is one of the founders of the... Um, oh, my God, Mary, I'll help well, you, I'm going to give um, you the exact name because I always forget. Um, every, all these museum history museums always blend similar together. Titles, so you're like, International Video Game History Museum something. And you're just like, it, it is... It is the National Video Game Museum. National Video Game. It's not yep. the National Video Game History Museum, which is what I always call it. So, no, it's just a National Video Game Museum. And the guy... In Frisco, Texas. Yeah. And uh, one of the founders is Sean Kelly, uh, one of the foremost experts on the Vectrex. Uh, in fact, he's the writer of the Vectrex Multicart. And he um, was one of the founders. And actually, he's one of the people we talked to about this week, too. And, um, you know, uh, he had <laughs> had no idea it existed. But... um. Uh, National Video Game Museum in Texas. Frisco, Texas is definitely one of my um, 
places I might consider. I have a, I have a few places I want to contact if they're interested at all. Well, we've um, heard are... um, the Strong Museum in New York. Um, that's the Strong Museum of Play. They have a huge video game. Um, Mopop has a big one, and I actually have a contact at Mopop because um, they they do a lot of like Nindy stuff at Mopop and whatever. I think and Mopop, Chicago but... Game Space. Um, yeah, Chicago locally. Game Space also. So yeah, we're we're kind of we're definitely trying to like. I want to get a little bit more information under us before we really, really take it far. But um, yeah, sense. and actually, I just was in contact with the Video Game History Museum or Foundation for the Wii, but I hadn't even, I don't think I had even mentioned it to Antle because it was kind of a long shot because they do a lot more of the cataloging of the software uh, than they do the hardware. So at least right now, I mean, they do both, but they do a lot of focus on, like, they're doing magazines and we had contacted them about something else, but. Yeah, so I was kind of looking more like strong the National Video Game Museum, Chicago Game Space, those places first. Yeah, and it makes sense to really get get the story straight since nobody knows about this. We, you know, you, you have it in your scope to to actually shape the story, to dig out the story and shape it. And so I, I think that makes sense to when you go to these folks who may not even, even though they do this for a living, this history stuff, you know, maybe they haven't heard of it. And so you can present it to them with this great story that you've already formed for them. To give them the context, yeah, that makes that's sense. kind of what I was, and I think that's kind of what Antle and I both kind of approach things with a museum slant, and that's partially because I am a big museum person, and that's where I started my journalism was doing museum stuff, covering exhibits for arts and culture. So I spent a lot of time in museums, and I know, like, I'm trying to build an exhibit around this thing, like this little baby moment in time. So I'm trying to get all this information before I actually approach a museum so i can be like hey look this is kind of a cool story you might be able to tell it in the museum you know so uh, to me like there's a lot more research to do before it's to that point i guess but it's exciting i mean it's actually fun and it's like i really didn't expect the um the ceo guy that i had told you about the prc ceo guy to respond to me at all because he's busy he works for right yeah and haven't you run into (laughs) um i'm sorry if you mentioned this already but you run into um people with ndas that they still can't actually oh that's true that was also interesting it was like one of those documentaries on netflix yeah i talked to somebody he had retired and he was living in canada because ati was originally from canada toronto and um he was still under an nda for some parts of that project so he couldn't tell me as much as he would like to have so yeah when does that expire i'm sorry say that when does that when does that nda expire yeah right i don't know he just said still on it he was still on it so i no idea that and this to me is one of those things where like of course it is because nintendo you know because nintendo always seems so tight-lipped about everything forever so it didn't surprise me but like it did surprise me you know one of the conditions of a severance package or something yeah that's that very well could be and he would have been a closer he would have been a closer match to what the um, what Mr. Berkman had given me, which was people who actually touched the project, so to speak, more this more so than the people doing the marketing. So that's probably why he would have had an NDA where the CEO guy that I had spoken to since he was just marketing didn't have one. So that's actually a good thought. We gotta we gotta find somebody who's willing to speak anonymous, anonymously at least, and um, you know, like maybe distort their voice. Yeah, I was gonna say, finally, gonna use that uh, somewhere. <laughs> I have a yeah, thought for you. That maybe, bot. Maybe, I have a thought for you. Maybe you've already considered it but you know this is just the kind of thing like like I, th- I think folks like like would really want to talk about they have personal experience with it and like despite nda and all that stuff like somebody i think maybe anonymously like you said would might want to chime in and i think possibly a good way to do that would be um go on linkedin write a link linkedin post and 
tag everybody who you can find that worked at ATI at that at that stage. Just hey, I've got this amazing Wii, and you know, blah, blah blah. DM me if you want to talk about it. Yeah, LinkedIn's uh, been actually pretty crucial in the research so far. That's how I got oh, a hold yeah. of several of the people who are working on it. So yeah, that's actually been that's a very good tip because I hadn't really. Uh, I was pursuing it kind of backwards compared to that. And then uh, Sean Kelly actually had said, um, the metrics guy, he had said, you maybe try using LinkedIn. And I, yeah, it was actually kind of, there was some really crucial links we got from there. And also Twitter, which is surprising, but yeah. So DMing people on Twitter works sometimes if they were involved in like history. That's how I've been getting at the um, collectors who say they own them in that collector database. So um, I, there's a lot of stories you could tell there and there's a lot of collectors involved and it's interesting so i think it'll be fun when it all comes out one way or another now are you gonna i mean are you gonna release it like uh, probably as an article right for uh for your website yeah. and all that like yeah. once once you get all the info together and then kind of go from there like whether you want to yeah and i would donate I'm sure it to a place or whatever whatever yeah i would totally i, I would want to do it it's kind of like in my head it's like a long form story because it's going to be a while that we're working on it and then maybe like a video or something too. just, you know, show some like clips of along the way. Like this is what we did, you know, the first day we got it, you know, and this is, you know, later on we took it to the strong museum and they looked at it and they were like, that's weird. You know? So it's, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm not kidding. It is going to be the friends you made along the way. Cause we're going to meet a lot of collectors, a lot of game historians. It's going to be interesting. And I'm like, if it's, if the, it's not worth a lot of money, what so to speak, I don't care. It's more like interesting. Sure. So. Definitely. I mean, are there, are there, I'm sure there are similar systems that we can think of that uh, have a similar trajectory. Jeremy mentioned the Nintendo PlayStation, but I'm thinking like so, something a little bit more obscure than that, even, you know, like a, a weird Xbox from, you know, way back or whatever. Like, it'd be interesting to like think, you know, what, what, what what's, what's the parallels of those stories and how did those stories come about? And, yeah, I mean, there's um, there's a PlayStation called the Gay Station, and it was an uh, it was a fundraiser piece, mm. and there's only one of them ever made, and it's very rare, and it's a it's a collector's piece now, but it was just it was a one off, and so there's a whole story around it. There's a whole fundraiser. There's people who are involved in the fundraiser, you know. So it's it's yeah, it's I know there is um, definitely. Um, I was trying to find. A specific example so i can speak more towards it but i know there was a uh, similar xbox when the original og xbox released uh they had an employee version mm-hmm. um and i can't remember what was different about it. i think they had uh the jewel on top of it i think may have had like signatures or some sort of difference um but i can't i can't even find pictures of that thing right now mm-hmm. um and like yeah and there's there's similar ones out there and uh they're all actually pretty cool and um, again, what makes this one uh, kind of neat is there's not even really lore about it. There's nobody talking about it on the internet or anywhere. Um, so, you know, it's, you know, kind of cool. Yeah, the only, like, X-File we've run into besides that is the uh, um, Jammer Lammy arcade that exists, but nobody really knows about, apparently. Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't know that existed. I did I did hear about that. I wish yeah. that, that game was accessible. I miss it so much, but I don't own it. Ugh. <laughs> Perhaps turned out to be one of my favorite games ever. Yeah, I still pull out my PlayStation and play that one. So it was so much better than Parappa. I don't care what anyone says. Oh, I don't know. I love Parappa. Oh, I mean, it, yeah, it was good. Really it was good, good yeah. but I just liked Dumb Chamber better. I think yeah, because it has it a basically, totally different mood. It's a I mean, it basically feel. also has a whole Parappa game in it. As yes, a it does. Yeah. yeah, so that's true too. 
Yeah, I was just working on a thing last week, and they thought one of the crew members they thought he looked like uh, Parappa, and I was like, oh, I was like, have you ever heard of Umjammy Umjammer Lammy? And like nobody heard of it. You know, I was trying to. <laughs> That's to hilarious. Honestly, when she she's brought it on up, the I'm like, you guys, these guys aren't going to know what she's talking about. That's hilarious that you guys have all heard about it. But yeah, um, that is definitely one of those things because there is an arcade, and um, it's it actually has um, uh, guitar controllers, and uh, oh, it's neat. one of those things where. Um, there's no pictures of it anywhere. And um, some collector um, basically uh, on a forum where people were talking about it posted a picture of his personal um, Jammer Lammy cabinet. Um, you know, no context whatsoever, just a picture. Yeah, uh, so I think more like, information came out since then, but it was just one of those like. Now, picture me sweaty three hours later Googling this thing and going on every Reddit thread that's ever mentioned it and finding out that apparently there's like seven of them that were ever made and they were all released in Japan. So nobody knows how mm-hmm. the hell this guy showed up in New York city with one, but he has one and he just came onto Reddit one time to post the picture of it. And that's his mic drop. And he left and nobody ever. Heard from him <laughs> that's literally how it works. He just was like, look, you mean this one that's never been seen before. That's and then, like, that's um, like some collectors live for, you know, it's like, like a victimless cold case. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I love those. I love those. That's like that's yeah. It's, those are fun to pursue, but um, yeah. This one I think I can get more information on though, because that is a that's going to take a while. Nice. Well, yeah. Uh, definitely. Thanks for showing it to us and all that. And yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't know it had existed before this. And yeah, that's it's it's a really cool way to look kind of behind the scenes of the origins of the Wii and all that. Like, yeah, it yeah it makes you think like how many how many times would other systems have done that? Like, give little like once the people that worked on it and all that super cool very very cool collector's item anyone out there worked at ati around 2006 (laughs) or so please uh contact yes yes please yes i say please anyone you want to thank you (laughs) i mean who even knows yeah someone might be listening let let us know and like i said um i am gonna send you guys we're gonna do a photo shoot of it a proper photo shoot and send you pictures so um you'll have some high rest pictures of it yeah that in the thumbnail (laughs) yeah well, did I mean? Is did you any have anything else you wanted to say about it, or should we move on? No, there? I think we're good. I don't want to. That's pretty much it. I mean, like for now, maybe we'll update you later with information. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a developing story. Definitely, yeah, super cool. What do you think is a What do you think is a timeline for when the story will will be out? Or are you just kind of playing it by ear? Uh, uh, before the end of the year, uh, yeah. probably months. Um, yeah, you know. I, I'm gonna say because <laughs> I want to go. I want to take it to strong, and I want to. Yeah, so my, should, it involves uh, travel. Yeah, follow the Miyamoto uh, rules of releasing a game. When the article story. is ready, yeah, a bad article <laughs> is bad forever. <laughs> <laughs> he never said that. An anticipated <laughs> article. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I was gonna say you could take it to like a Midwest Gaming Classic or something like that and show it around there. Like the yeah, that would be very cool. Actually, that's not a bad idea. It's just right around the corner, you know. So a couple months away, always take it there. Show it, show it to the Nintendo PlayStation guy that I'm sure will be there. Also, uh, he's oh, gone. Yeah. He passed away. Oh he's well, gone, I, yeah. I mean, whoever the new Nintendo what? PlayStation guy is is what I mean. Whoever acquired it, I think it's that. a company. Is yeah. it a company? Oh. Or it's a someone. It's like a CEO or like. No, a, it's yeah. it's the guy who uh, the Oculus guy who, who used to who founded Oculus. He owns not Carmack, but one of the other guys. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Oh, is, it, is it Palmer, Palmer Lucky? Palmer Lucky, Palmer yeah. Lucky. That's right. Interesting. Hmm. That's, yeah. Is there is there any uh, games that you've been playing aside from uh, aside from your research? Anything that you've been playing that you want to talk? <laughs> oh, you talk that's, about on here? That's, 
That's what I do. I play games. I mean, uh, I don't think I can. I have a few things under embargo. Man, what have I been playing this on? Helldivers. I've been playing a lot of Helldivers too. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I heard that was about that. For the I first heard that time. was good. Uh, I had. I had a horrible first impression of it and then uh, went back to it. And um, it's basically it's the Starship Troopers game that we deserve because there is a Starship Troopers game and it does not have the, you know, Paul Verhoeven, um, you know, type attitude that uh, Helldivers 2 manages super has like, uh, yeah, it's really good, um, I guess, um, presentation, I should say. (laughs) So it's like the propaganda part of the movie that yes, or the the part of the book that was made into the movie. It doesn't have like the the satire and all that of the of the yeah in the comparison of yeah I've I've heard people bring that up a lot that movie versus our current state of affairs or whatever. But no, it looks uh, it looked pretty fun. Yeah, it's very fun. Uh, I've been playing mostly solo. I'm trying to get Marielle to get into it. But our group, because uh, we're always playing um, Deep Rock and Dark Tide, uh, Warhammer Forty Thousand Dark Tide is. Mm. We've been playing that for a year, and we're still obsessed with it. I so. can't get it's... over it. I love it. It's so good. I have so much fun with Dark Tide. I'm in for Switch soon. Is it? Sorry? Dark Tide? Yeah, really? No. Yeah, we mentioned it last week. Did we? I don't remember Dark Tide. I haven't heard of it before. Yeah, I put it on my bingo board because it's on the Switch website. Oh, interesting. Oh, that's interesting. I missed that somewhere. Yeah, I remembered you talking about Deep Rock Galactic before, and I know you stream it, or you have streamed it in the past on, on Twitch. Yeah, yes. definitely. It's it's been a we've been playing since the beginning of that game, and actually, uh, they just released Deep, Deep Rock Galactic Survivor, which I have not played, but also has played. Oh yeah, I've been playing that a lot lately too. It's like a um, you know vampire survivor survivor type game, just with um, Deep Rock Galactic flavor. It's fun. Um, Someone can play in my Steam Deck when I'm uh, you know out of Switch games to play. And there was more Escape Room Simulator um, DLCs, so we just did that actually because we've been doing that with uh, a different group of people. And so, yeah, that's I love that game, and I love the community content. And the new Magic DLC was is been pretty good. I think we have one more level left, though, don't we? I think. Yes. So that has been. I love Escape Room Simulator. I really do. It's it's a lot of fun. It's actually just the Escape Simulator, and I thought it was. Oh on my gosh! Why do I always say that wrong every time? Switch, but I guess it's not, which is too bad. There, I mean, there is some Escape Room games on there, but I don't know right. which ones they are. Oh yeah, this one is. It's really special because I've played a bunch of them, and a lot of them are kind of like shovelware type games. Uh, this one's very lovingly crafted, but of course, um, even if it was on Switch you probably wouldn't have um, access to the great community content that comes with that game. Cause you know, uh, people can make their own escape rooms and some of the right. stuff that they come up with is fantastic, but it's a, it's a great game. Oh, nice. Yeah. Some of the community has been better than the regular. So that seems like the kind of case where the community would come up with better stuff than the, de- the developers. A they did. And time. in fact, uh, it feels like the developers, the most recent DLC that they released, um, uh, it's like almost a Harry Potter themed DLC, it but it feels is, like um, yeah. it's in response to a lot of the uh, community levels or, you know, like magical Harry Potter type themed stuff. And so they're like, okay, let's do it ourselves. And yeah. It and it's definitely good. like community influence. He's right. Cause like when it first released, all the community rooms were like Harry Potter themed, like low key. They would just take all the assets from the game and then make it as Harry Potter as possible. And then make an escape room and name it something, Harry Potter, Gryffindor, something, something, mm-hmm. you know? And we played a ton of those, and some of them were terrible, and some of them were awesome. Yeah, and one of my favorite yeah. part about playing those is because I would stream them, and then I had we had to watch what we were saying around them because it always turned out that, uh, or often turned out, that people who made the levels were watching us play them. It was crazy. 
because we'd be like, oh, what were they thinking with this? And then the they, the creator would literally say, oh, I was thinking about this when I created this. But I'm like, oh my god, thanks for making this. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Like, Drop a hint. Yeah, I cast, I cast the spell of Wachiaris, <laughs> so I can see you play. Yeah, it was actually really cool. We had a lot of people who created the rooms come in, and like, yeah, it was awesome. And I just really that game is fun, and it's fun because of the community, which is rare. <laughs> which is just J.K. Rowling with a bunch of different accounts making Harry Potter themed rooms. <laughs> right. I don't think she's as creative as some of the stuff that they've come up with. So. <laughs> I was gonna say, I hope they're a lot. That's I hope they're price. a lot nicer than she is. They're way nicer than she is. I hope they're yeah. not. I hope they're not total scumbags like like she is. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I hope they. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I agree with you 100. I was like, oh, she's not no, doing very, not doing great for herself, uh, or at least for no. They no. should keep her away from any sort of social media or anything. <laughs> she's not. Working. Yes, I would say give your money to people like Escape Room Simulator and not to things like Hogwarts, like this Legacy. Right, so. right. Yeah. Yeah. It'll. And always, for the record, it is just Escape Simulator. Oh, okay. It's escape simulator. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Every time. It's because there are cool. so many games we get keys for. I have to say, because there, there is simulator. an escape room simulator. So yeah, I don't that's, confuse yes. them. No, that's a bad one. You don't want to do that. Yeah, I feel like I, I see I see a lot of them on the Wii sh- on the on the Wii on whatever not we uh, on the Switch eShop and yeah, a lot, it's hard to tell. I mean, I know this one isn't on there, but I'll, there's a lot of shovelware kind of ones too, where it's like here's another yeah, and a lot of them are bad, thing. and this one's actually a really good one. It's too bad it really isn't on the Switch. Yeah, yeah, I know but, uh, that that does suck. I feel like it should be able to run, although it is glitchy sometimes on its own. But it's gonna it's been getting better. That's it's gotta be a lot of if then kind of like. People are gonna mess that up eventually if they're like Yeah, or like stupid stuff would happen in community rooms. Like you would um drop an object and it would be it would vanish or something. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, dropping putting stuff on the floor was like a no no, but it's fine now, yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, no, and the, yeah, it definitely seems like that things have improved. But I mean like it, I mean, do you know how easy it is to break a real escape room? I, I mean I've seen it happen. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that that's true, yeah. Depends on how strong the walls are, right? <laughs> bus, bus right depends through. on how dumb yeah. the people doing the puzzle with you are. Yeah. <laughs> if oh, they yeah. resort to brute force, <laughs> they go oh, King Kong mode. I mean, I don't get we'll it. Get you out Just punch through the wall. I'm sure <laughs> something like that. Something like that. I seen once. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure all the all the stuff on this game is much cheaper than actually going to a real one too. So you can, yes, you can do a lot more is. with. Yeah. It, oh god, yeah, less. definitely. So well. uh if you if if you don't have anything uh, else to say, uh, do you want to take a quick break and then we can come back and talk about what we've been playing and then we'll talk about news great. and. Hey, you. It's me, Mario. Yeah, you. Ha-ha! It's a 
subscribe to our Patreon to hear our bonus shows, which happen every month. I'm a tired. Tired of all the big corporate podcasts spoon-feeding you the same old video game news on every single show. Ah, spaghetti. Ah, ravioli. Then expand! With Nintendo Main Expansion Pack. It's us talking about old games that were important to us. It's us interviewing people that we meet at conventions. And heck, it's live shows from those same conventions. It's basically everything you could want that Nintendo Main ever made. Here we go! And it's just a buck a month. That's less than a bad indie on the eShop. It's $12 a year, which is less than Nintendo Switch Online. <laughs> Thank you so much for subscribing to our Patreon and supporting Nintendo Main. Just go to patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast and... Hey, Mario, let go! He's throwing us back to the show! So long, gay Bowser! Patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast! Game over! break and uh when we talk about some of the other stuff that we've been playing uh john do you want to do you want to go next sure yeah all that i've been doing this week besides more hitman as per usual i've mentioned before on the show that like whenever i'm doing like like serious work intense work whatever i, I like to use the arcade one-ups as a as a break especially nba jam and so i was doing my budgets this week i was like re- redoing from the ground up how i do my budgets and so it was just like a lot of like intense thinking and like oh i need to i need to take a lot of breaks so yeah nba jam to the rescue um i've actually i've made a lot of progress i already beat hang time a long time ago but i as i was uh you know doing my budget and taking breaks i'm like you know what? i'm actually almost all the way to beating nba jam so let me be a little bit more serious about this and i'm currently f- four teams away except for toward the end of NBA jam, the difficulty just like ramps up really hard to like, if you're playing, um, you know, normally like, like at the beginning, maybe you, you, you probably, you're probably, if you're any good, you're probably going to beat the you know team after team. And then maybe midway through you like start to get challenged to where oh you lose two or three times to a team before you beat them. And now it's at a point where like I'm having to play each team six or seven or eight times before I actually beat them. And it's right now it's the fucking trailblazers. They're they're kicking my ass. I, I don't know how many times I've played them now, but I can I can tell now. If I've been playing it so much, I can tell when the rubber band AI kicks in 
and it's like oh you're getting too far ahead and then all of a sudden like Clyde Drexler just darts across the court and swipes the ball from you for like this there's nothing I can do you know no amount of maneuvering whatever is gonna is gonna make it so that he doesn't get the ball it's just that's what the game has decided is gonna happen and then they blast forward another eight nine points and win the game including twice in the last two days where they won by a fucking last minute three-point shot come on so so i it often just gets to the point where i have to step away from the game and go lay down on the couch and this is less stressful than the budget <laughs> i know <laughs> it's sort of counter to, to how i've been using the the, the game so you need uh, like yeah. a claw machine to play when you're like step when you like step away from the yeah. game <laughs> so you just try, try to get some like beanie bags or something yep something stupid simple yep. so so you, when you say like you beat it it's pretty much like the finals and stuff right like you got to go through and win whatever that trophy is that the NBA teams get. I don't know what it's called. What do you get when you win the thing? Yeah. Not that there's like a, you know, a, you know, a, a branch or whatever tournament, et cetera. It's just like the teams become so hard at the end. So where I'm having to play each team a couple of different times, like six or seven times before I actually beat them. So it's still, I still, I feel it's like fair. It's, it's it's it, it doesn't often feel cheaty I'm, I'm i'm being hyperbolic a bit i think it's still a fair challenge it's still fun but it is like come on just let me let me beat this freaking team can you like save state or something in there like before each game you or? can't save state on them no are you like a there's like passwords and stuff right in there well you save your your initials you'll oh, okay. go back and you play the last team that you that you were playing. Hmm. Damn, maybe yeah, that's it for me this week. You should uh, you should uh, put in your budget. You should budget into into your budget uh, that Pentiment game because the more and more I see about the game, it sounds like something that you would like a lot, John. Oh, I know it's something I would like. Yeah, I want to turn. It's like a side-scrolling point-and-click murder mystery. I've heard, I've heard people compare it's it to like, to like uh, Jeffrey Ober- Chaucer, Professor Layton, or something. I've heard they. I've heard people compare it to Oberdin, like that sort of thing. Like in its in mm. its like. Uh, I've heard it was like Oberdin. I kind of sort of got that idea from the it, stylistic. Yeah, especially Jeffrey Chaucer esque, like and all the um, especially like in all the details and stuff. And I guess there's different ways mm-hmm. to play it and all that. And I don't know. It seems because aren't you literally? Like a John game. Isn't the main character uh, like a like? He's not a scribe. He's an illustrator for scribes, right? I, I don't know. I've only watched reviews of it. An illuminator. Illuminator. That's what he's called. Okay. So, like, yeah, an illust- like someone that travels around and illustrates the scribes. Did any of you guys play um, Lost Words Beyond the Page? Because that's a little bit. I like did not. I've, I, I remember hearing about it, but I didn't. I didn't play it. It's on Switch, right? And I know I, I saw, yeah, I saw that in Switch. an indie direct or something. It's Terry Pratchett's daughter who uh, wrote it, and it's oh, a really cool. interesting. It's a really interesting game. And so, it is like Discworld esque, or is it just like? Do you just think like because of the, since they were like Terry Pratchett's daughter, they just have a an interesting mind or whatever. It's kind of uh, well, it's kind of a tribute to her dad um, and the stories he would tell and the power of the written word and and stories okay. to reach people. So, without spoiling too much of the, there's some really neat mechanics in it, and it it kind of lets the story live in a different way so it's really interesting that's the reason why i bring it up when you're bringing up overdone and stuff like that because i do um 
I cover Ludo Naricon every year, so I get a lot of narrative games um, that I review. And so, um, what what con do you cover? Uh, Ludo Naricon. It's um, every May, um, and they just do um, narrative games. It's online oh, okay. only. Yeah, it's yeah, it's um, online only. It, it only started a couple of years ago, but I've been covering it for Third Coast and for, um, other places since it started. I didn't know there was a con for narrative games. That's interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. You can play all the demos and stuff, and it's a lot of fun. And since um, Nintendo is so indie-based, it, it always uh, has a lot of stuff that's on Switch or only on Switch or is affiliated with Mindy's and stuff like that. So, I just like the thought of a lot of people being all together that are into like, good narratives and games. Like That's got to be a very interesting group of fans. Yeah, I mean, the panels are super interesting. You would really very, like, like it, probably. literary people. It is. It's a lot of people talking about what makes the story good, um, like how mechanics marry with story. It's it's actually very like, um, I mean, like I haven't really been any any online con like it. The panels are very interesting for that reason. So nice. Yeah, definitely. Uh, is there anything else you want to say, John, or do you need to? Bounce no, out? that's it for me. Not I got to get going. Later, guys. Later. Well, um, I guess I could go next. Uh, I actually pre-ordered a physical game, which I don't ever do. Wow! But I physical games. I pre-ordered Ease Ten because you can pre-order it from uh, Amazon, and the only reason I ordered is is the deluxe edition is the same price as the regular game, so you can get a you can get like the soundtrack and the art book and all that stuff for for uh, that's pretty cool for sixty dollars, where most deluxe editions are like. So if you're buying it on. If you're preloading it, you're going to spend the same price. Like you might yeah, exa- price. exactly. It's a and it's and since there's no release date for it, they don't charge me for it. They won't charge me until it ships, obviously. So it's kind of just pre-ordered. I don't know. I was just like, oh, this is it's only, like a gift yeah. for your future self. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, there's well, I didn't pay for it, so it's not a gift because I won't get charged until it actually has a release date. But uh, but yeah, it was just a. I don't know. I I always always felt like I wanted to get the ease eight and nine physical versions because i feel like they'll be maybe uh rare later in life i still have ease 8 sitting on my ps5 i have the game i just haven't played it yet oh yeah well should play it it's got a banger soundtrack i do actually want to play the e like the original the ease that's coming out on the switch or is it out now i don't know the one that's only in japanese that i can't figure out how to play i talked about it last oh never week. mind i forgot i forgot <laughs> it was only japanese yeah ease yeah, one is on twitch uh for some reason the egg console uh Games are all in Japanese, so it's difficult. I actually did try playing it more, and I just got my ass kicked. I just kept getting game over and game over. So, aside from not being able to read any of the dialogue in it, it's also really hard. So I was not able to get very far. But that I did. Sense, so. But I figured out how to buy a sword and a shield, but that didn't help me. I still got my ass kicked in the uh, in the overworld. But yeah, I pre-ordered that. Uh, I, I was in Des Moines last week at uh, our friend John's house, and we went to this. Um, Use video game place called like a Jay's CD and Hobbies or whatever. We went there last year. They got a bunch of toys and video games and movies and stuff like that. And uh, I ended up uh, I bought I bought Tomb Raider for Game Boy Color. So whoever Jeremy had oh really mentioned, oh, cool. had, had mentioned uh, there's actually because uh, I've been playing the Tomb Raider remastered game on Switch and I've really been enjoying it a lot. So I was just kind of like I was like how many Tomb Raider games are there? And there's actually a lot more Tomb Raider games on Nintendo that you th- would think so. I was just like, if I see any Nintendo Tomb Raiders, I'll buy them. And the only one I found was a Game Boy Color Tomb Raider. So that's what I got. That was probably the first one, though. 
Well, there's the there's, first Tomb Raider on a Nintendo console, right? Well, because well, poss- pro- possibly because I know there's Tomb Raiders on GameCube. There's Tomb Raiders on Wii. Uh, there, there, there's a lot more than you think. There's Game Boy Color. There's Game Boy Advance Tomb Raiders. So there was a bunch. But of unless them. it was on the N64, it's got to be Game Boy Color first. Yeah, yeah. Because like, what is it like? Did you, I think Tomb Raider Underground even is on is on GameCube, which is like number. Oh yeah, yeah, five I played that or one. That's like that. I like that one. Well, I played it on PS3 because it was on free on PlayStation Plus a long time ago. Well, I was kidding. There's really a Tomb Raider Underground that's actually a game. Something no, like, not some, Underground. I think Underworld. Something like that. It's under something. I thought you were yeah. talking about Tony Hawk Underground. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no. Did you, did you actually play uh, your Game Boy Color uh, Tomb Raider yet? I did, yeah. Uh, oh, I did. Well, I tried. It's it. a lot like Prince of Persia, right? Exactly. Like, exactly. Yeah. It. It's very much okay. like. Oh, the, cool. It's very much like the original Prince of Persia, which I've heard people compare the original. Uh, Tomb Raider games on PlayStation 1 to Prince of Persia, and I totally see that. It's very precise, and I, I've been loving the the remaster of it, but as I've said before on this show, it takes a lot of patience. Like, if you if you don't have patience for, if you don't have patience for the, for the way the game is, you're not going to like it. But if, you, but if you do, it can be a lot of fun. I should reveal that I'm a huge Tomb Raider fan. That was all the games I played when I was a kid. Huge. I, play, I tried to play every single Tomb Raider game. So, oh, have you played the remaster then on Switch? So I have not got to the remaster on Switch, and I did not get the the one that um, Uncle just got one that he was reviewing. Um, so I am behind. That, that was the remaster. I was yeah. going to say the remaster um, came out a few after. came out a few weeks ago, and uh, I. I recommend playing it with the original controls. Like, I don't think that the modern controls work that well for just with the way the way the game is designed. But if you it's like context, right? Well, it's so weird because I just played yeah. through the original Tomb Raider randomly a few months ago, and playing with the modern controls is just very off. And it, it's weird, yeah. Uh, it, Tomb Raider, it, well, the whole game is designed around the tank controls. Like, it's very grid based, and yeah, you need to be yes. able to like run a certain amount of times before you can jump, and all the puzzles are based around that. So, like playing it in modern control doesn't make sense. But but if you can like wrap your mind around like the tank based controls and all that, like it's fun as hell. Like if you can, like mm-hmm. I said, if you can put up with that. Like I like I say, you need to have patience for Tomb Raider. But if you have the patience, I think it's really fun and just being able Trey to. Trey is well known yeah. on the podcast is loving their tank controls and like the like what, going all the way back to vaccine and. Uh, well, what I do. The, uh, the, well, uh, Risen Evil. Also. What was that samurai game that you really liked, though? That was like all tank controls. Uh, you know oh, what I'm talking oh, about. You're right? talking about Onimusha. Yeah, Onimusha. Yeah, the yeah the Oni, Oni Well, yeah, I'd never played that before, but I played it on Switch and I had a good time with it. But uh, yeah, uh, that was all tank, right? I think s- sort of. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, I don't remember. It's been a while since I played it, but it, but it was cool. But I just uh, yeah, I've never really played the Tomb Raider games and. And it was kind of, I don't know. I just, I really like how you could switch between the new, the new graphics and the old graphics in it. That's part of what I want to say. And there's a big difference a lot of times. Like you, like you'll get to like, like I mentioned last, last week, there's like the lost world where all of a sudden there's this dinosaurs here and you have to fight a giant T-Rex for whatever reason. They never explain it. But uh, in the original version, it was just all dark and the sky was just all black. But in the new version, they added like mountains in the background and like all these clouds and all, the, and it looks like completely different. Like same with this, you go to like this pyramid area, and yeah, the original one is just all darkness in the sky, but now there's like, but now there's like stars, and it, you know they gave all this all this background to it that wasn't there. So there's like a big difference between the two of them. But yeah, I like when games do that most of the time. I mean, like some people are like, it's kind of gimmicky. I'm like, I don't think it's gimmicky. I think it's interesting. I think it's there's yeah. A, I think um, it's great. 
Uh, I don't I don't know if you heard about this too. It's interesting too because there's a big difference in the Epic Game Store version of the Tomb Raider Remastered than uh, the rest of any of the other ones. Even the Steam version is different. I guess the Epic Game Store version there's different uh, like skyboxes and uh, oh geez I'd have to look it up. There's like a, a ton of random differences. Um, I guess oh. uh, there's like a weird. Uh, a water glitch i guess that is doesn't exist in the epic game store version like it almost has like a newer better version than the rest of the release versions where it's it's very strange hmm. do you think it's like based off pc stuff that might have been patched over time and then I, i'm not sure because i played the steam version i guess the steam version doesn't have the stuff that the epic game store version stuff does so that's it's that strange, is odd whole, though yeah yeah it's it's very weird um it's almost like they have different snapshots or something like yeah exactly yeah but the yeah the um weirdly enough playing the Game Boy Color one like just because I just booted up always you know just to make sure that it works you know and, and it booted up easy like real easy but yeah it totally feels like the 3D one but in 2D it does the same thing where you got to kind of like hold the button to run and you got to hit a button to climb up a climb up a thing or you got to jump and put your hands out and climb up like you would on the original PlayStation One one so it does really feel like like you're saying it does feel like the original Prince of Persia but Tomb Raider very much feels like a 3d prince of persia like that, old old, yeah, old, old school original prince of persia yeah they are totally right you're totally right i never put that together and i think that's what the th- one of the things i really because i loved prince of persia when i was a kid um i don't think i ever beat it when i was younger though because the timer really um mm-hmm. was what got me but uh tomb raider you know obviously no timer you just take your time and explore and i i, I immediately liked the uh the jumping mechanics uh, when I was a kid, and I think it's because it reminded me of that, and I just, uh, you know, I'd finally put it together. You're, that's absolutely right. Yeah, I mean, my childhood was mostly playing Tomb Raider games with my brother on PlayStation. We played, like, for hours a day, and it'd be, like, like sometimes a ton of puzzle sections, and sometimes a ton of fighting. He did the fighting, and did the puzzle sections, and sometimes we switch, but, like, I mean, I was... I grew up on all the Tomb Raider games. That's why I'm so like precious about them. I haven't played that one, so I'm going to have to play that one too because well, I haven't played the Game Boy one. I finally bought Tomb Raider for its original release system, and I have yet to play it on that. And I don't think any of y'all would probably be able to guess what it originally released on. Uh, uh, Dream, uh, Dreamcast? CDR. No, uh, Sega Saturn? Damn, you're right. Absolutely, yeah. Sega that, Saturn I, was first? Yeah. I knew it was one of those 32-bit it the totems blew my mind when i discovered that though because um it was saturn and then like, like a week later like a pc release and then they released it for playstation after that and i just yeah i couldn't I, believe it i thought the whole time i had thought it was a playstation port to pc even back when i originally played oh, it as a die, that's what i thought too i i thought it was playstation first and like yeah i yeah. had no idea i did as well like the only reason i know that is uh i think uh what was it um uh um what's it um I forget. I always forget their name whenever I talk about it on here. I watch them all the time. And it, one of the uh, one of the YouTube channels that I watch, uh, they they did a review of it. Uh, Digital Foundry. They did a review of the new Tomb Raider, and they they mentioned that it had been on Sega Saturn. And I was like, oh no way! And I I didn't know, so that's why I, I knew about that. <laughs> Damn, I, was, I thought I, was I had like, some. I was like, that's cool. Some you know, knowledge there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> yeah, no, I just, I just didn't know. I was like, oh, that's badass. That uh, yeah, but no, it's yeah, it's a lot of fun. Like I said. It takes a lot of patience, but if you can, if you can respect it for what it was at the time, I think it's a good game. And it's very much, yeah, it's a giant puzzle box. Like it's, it's all about figuring out the next thing. And I think it's incredibly cool, especially if you don't look at any sort of help on it and just try to figure it figure it out to yourself. 
you know, be like, oh, can I make oh, that yeah. jump? And and now in the newer version, you can save whenever you want. I know the original PlayStation one, there were specific save points. Now you can just, you can like save like 50 times or something like that. There's a, there's a ton of spaces. So you can just I know, like, and I'm hardcore. And, I don't like yeah. doing that because I feel like an immersion breaks for me. Like we would struggle to get to the save points, you know, and then we'd be like, we finally yeah, got to the save points. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can kind of do it to your own, you know, you can not use yeah. it if you don't want to, but I feel like it. It helps you, like, if you took a long time getting to a spot and you need to jump and you don't want to go take all the time to get back to it in case you fall down or, you know, whatever. Or, or a lot of times this game is, is mean, too. Like, it's, I said, some people even call it, like, the original Dark Souls or whatever because it'll have, like, shit come out of nowhere and just kill you when you're not, oh, paying, yeah, when you're, when you're not paying attention. Or, like, yeah, when I was playing, like, one of the first levels, you, like, pull a switch and then the ground disappears and then you land on spikes yeah. and you're dead. So, yeah. <laughs> and, so if you didn't save, you're fucked. And also, this game does not save, or does not auto-save at all. So if you don't understand yeah. <laughs> the way the game works, you could have been playing the game for, like, three hours and you would have lost everything you ever did if you never saved. Yeah. So, yeah. It, and it doesn't really tell you that. And also another no, really terrible not. thing is when you pause it, it goes to load before save. So it took me forever to figure that out. So, so you're accidentally loading a previous save. And exactly. Oh, so God. you're in a place and you try to save, oh, but you hit load and then it loads your save from before. So you before. just lost whatever you were trying to save. So now you got to get yeah, back to oh, that yeah. save again. And you only have yeah. yourself to play. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it took me a while to, it took me a while to like get that in my mind where I was like, no, you gotta, you gotta go over one menu to save. Because if you hit A, it'll automatically load whatever you're on, and you'll lose whatever you were. And yeah, it's uh, like I said, patience it takes a lot of patience for these games. But, oh, totally. But, but, but if you have it, you can. Biased. If you have it, it's it's worth it. I've actually had a great time with it. I think I've put like ten. Yeah, hours I've heard it already. in real life when you're raiding a tomb. You are supposed to be pretty patient. <laughs> you start out with like uh, taking a piece of uh, construction paper and a crayon, like rub out what's on the tomb. Yeah. Then you go home and study it. Study the uh, topographic map of the, 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 the. Sorry, I'm getting too far into it. It involves the British mansion, the butler, <laughs> your father, who's yeah, you know. yeah, the, the all the weird lore and stuff. There, there was there was like a crazy uh, jump puzzle that I did that I did have to. I I did find it online. I didn't find it on my own, but I did figure out how to do it on my own. That I, and I posted it on Twitter. It's like this thing where you have to jump up these four pillars like really quickly to get the to get like the Cougar Magnum guns. And uh, yeah, it was it was one of those things that I thought it was not possible. Then I just did it. It's like, oh yeah, you just huh, have to do awesome. it without without thinking. But yeah, you have to like because the the jumping mechanics in Tomb Raider are so weird. So like you have to basically like you know you you have to press jump before you press the direction that you're going. You have to kind of understand that that's the way it works because it's like really janky. Yeah. So it's basically like you have to like jump forward and then jump right and then back and then jump left again and then jump forward and you have to do this all in one sequence. So and then make sure you're in the same distance where you land on all the pillars. So then you'll be in the spot so you can run through the door before it closes. It's it's so dumb, and I was surprised that I got it to work. But <laughs> but like I said, that's what the game is incredibly rewarding when you figure out stuff like this. Like that's it, what, well, it really. Th I mean, th that's why it makes when, it a lot of fun. You're you're not wrong. And like, um, do you remember when everybody was trying to do the handstands? Oh, that's, yeah, yeah. I, because I, the I controls figured, are so bad, it's very difficult. I did figure that out just because I looked at secrets and it. Yeah, you just hold like R one or something <laughs> while you're while you're pulling up. But yeah, yeah, but it's harder to do than you think because the controls are so terrible. So to actually achieve that, because my friends and I'd be like, "Can you make? Can you do a handstand?" No, I can't. I don't believe you. Show me. 
And that was like one of our things. Like, can you do the handstand? So I can't do a handstand. <laughs> I would just swan dive Laura off into like the ground. Yeah, on accident most of the time. But. Yeah, I remember John saying that. Like, and it still does that where you die and it just the camera just stays there, just pointing at your dead body, and you just have oh, to. Oh god, hit. it makes like horrible it. cracking noises too. <laughs> yeah. And you and you just have to hit a button for it to go to the load screen. But yeah, you can just leave it there, and it'll just show you all like. Uh-huh. Yeah, all crumpled up and all stuff. Yeah, up in a, in a ball, yeah. Spike pit. Just impaled in a spike pit. YouTube video yeah. gone wrong. Yeah, yeah really. But yeah, Tomb Raider's fun. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to at least get through Tomb Raider 1. I mean, I'd like to get through all of them, actually. I think they're a lot of fun to Wait, play. you never beat the first one? I haven't beat any of them. Well, no, no. I no, I beat I may beat the new ones, like the whatever, uh, you know, the the ones mm. the ones that are more like yeah, the or, Uncharted or the more action-y ones. Like, I played yeah. I played a... Uh, I played the first one of those and I beat that. So the one that was just called Tomb Raider, like that came out in mm-hmm. 2012 or something like that. It was like way, way later. Oh, the one where yeah, she's yeah. like going through the water and there's all the dead bodies. Yeah, the one that's like has like the really, really, uh, really gross death. She keeps like impaling her arms through. Yeah, where she gets like her, her neck like stuck on a whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That was, yeah, that was her. Because Conan did that one video of all his terrible deaths. Cause, yeah, because yep. it was like it was like Tomb Raider and Rise of the Tomb Raider, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, or something like that. It was, yeah. it was that it was that version of Tomb Raiders. I beat one of those. Yeah, that I think was it was one, one of the I first beat. terrible gamer episodes or, uh, among the. Yeah, I, yeah, it was. It was one of the first terrible gamer episodes. And I, and I played um, and I played Underworld also. I didn't beat it, but I got pretty far in it. That was the, I think that was the first Tomb Raider I played that I liked. But when when the PlayStation ones came out, I mean, I had a sixty four, and I just didn't have the patience for Tomb Raider. When I was like a teenager, fair, so so it was it was one of those things where I'm just like I'm just bored with this game. I need something that's more fast paced. But now that I'm old, I think it's fun. <laughs> you like a good 3D puzzler? Yeah. Now now that I'm old, I I, I can uh, play a game like this that takes forever and and get. Joy, you would also get like games that kind of punish you in their controls. I don't know why you're like that, but you do. Well, I mean, if you understand it, it, it makes sense. Right. Right. Yes. Speaking of games that punish you. uh, there's a game that both of us have been playing still, Jeremy, from the Nintendo Direct of last week. I actually yep. hadn't played it much when we talked last week, but I played it a lot now, and that's a pocket card jockey. Uh, that game is yep. a lot of fun. I was at first, I was kind of a little like still fun. I was still kind of a little mad that it's like you know, it's it's obviously a, mo- a mobile game, and you can tell like the controls are just like point to a thing you could t- tap or whatever. You right. know, that, that was kind of annoying, but it, it's it easily as addicting. Like I got to the point like. I took one horse all the way. Once you get to like four years, you have to retire your horse, you know, and I did that right. with the first horse you get. But then I started ho- uh, racing with a catnip dasher and I was just like, I was just boom, 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 like winning, 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 winning. And then uh, I got to this really long race where I fucked up like one whole thing and my horse went crazy and just started running. If you, I don't know if you've ever had that where their eyes get all squirrely. No, I, I don't think I've gotten that far yet. Yeah, if they if you get like if you really really fuck up one of the solitaires where you have like way too many cards left or something like that, your horses will uh-huh. like because you know your horse mood will change depending on how quickly you right. get through the sol- solitaire or whatever. If you really fuck it up, your horse will get like mad and it'll do like the swirly eyes and it'll just start running and it'll basically use all of its energy. It'll go all the way up front, but then it'll have no energy for the final stretch. So you just have to watch everybody pass you because you'll run out of all your yeah all of your energy, and that's uh, mm-hmm. that's what happened to me, and it sucked because I'd won all these matches, and I was gonna I was gonna lose miserably on this one, and I tried to like close it and and uh, quit and come back, and it saves everything. So it's like 
it's like, hey, you're still yep. in this part of the race. And I'm like, okay, fine. Yep. And then and it showed me still losing. And I'm like, all right, uh, let's go back. And it's like, hey, do you want to start where you were? And I was like, no. And they're like, well, if you say no, you automatically lose anyway. So I'm like, oh, okay, I still fine, don't completely whatever. understand the zones. Like, I know they're important to it, but. Well, um, I, I, I did actually look online a little bit because uh, I played a lot of the 3DS one, but I don't think I really fully understand it. And I think I still don't uh, really fully understand it, but I, I, would, I would lose a lot. But I was just like, all right, well, what do people say is the strategy for these games? What they say is, you know, it's best to stay in, obviously stay in comfort zone three. That's that's the highest one, you know, the, the like red version. Because right. you get the most, uh, you get like the most heart points while you're there. And I guess yeah. it doesn't matter, because originally I thought it was all about like finishing the, the solitaire, but it's not really. Because if you want to do that, stay in like number one, but number one won't give you as much points, so you won't have as much stamina towards the end or whatever. So I, I Don't just, your solitaire games get harder, like... They do. Which stamina when you're in. Well, they're harder for three, but I think it's still better to be in three because yeah. I think you get more enthusiasm. But I always I just try to stay in three and as close to the to the to like the turn as you can, so you don't right. get so you don't get the negative mm -hmm. effects on the turns. And that's what I've done. And then and most importantly, actually, is when it says final turn, make sure you move yourself to a position where you're not behind other racers. So then you can just kind of like get past them in the very so final stretch. Them, yeah. yeah, yeah. And that doesn't matter whether you're in comfort comfort zone 3 or 2 or, or 1 or whatever. And of course, That's try to one. try to get the boost if you can see them, the blue ones cuz those really help too. Cuz <laughs> even if you have people in front of you and you boost, you can boost right past them. They'll automatically get out of your way if you if you have the boost power. Have either of you played a uh, pocket card jockey or is this <laughs> does it sound familiar to you at all? It's a yeah, I did yeah. on 3DS forever ago. I was yeah, literally yeah. looked it up where you talking about it because I was like, oh my yeah. god, this sounds like an old 3DS game, and I didn't realize they re released yeah. it. Yeah, it was yeah because yeah. uh well ever since they closed the 3DS shop, right? It was a uh, it became you wouldn't be able to get it now. You know, it kind of became obsolete. Well, then it, yeah. So but then Except it was for Apple Arcade. I think yeah. It. There was there's a, there was a sequel called uh, Pocket Card Jockey Ride on on Apple Arcade, and now it's on Switch. And they just released it. Last week for fifteen bucks, but yeah, it's a weird, quirky. It's a, I say horse racing by way of solitaire is basically how it is. Speed yep. solitaire, mind you. <laughs> like you have to be very fast about it. But once you kind of get it into your mind, how to do it, like it can be really, really addictive. And and you still can't. That really addictive. And you still can't pause the game. You still cannot pause it. You couldn't pause it on 3ds. You can't pause it on Switch. I've tried hitting the pause button a whole bunch. So of even times. if you go to like even the home menu, like doesn't pause it. I didn't. I didn't try that because in the 3DS one, if you closed it, you automatically lost. So I don't know if it did. We should try that. the home menu on a low, like, or maybe I will on a low. I, was, I didn't want to lose. Race. Well, I was afraid that you know sometimes you know like on PlayStation when you hit the home button, the game keeps going, but on most Nintendo, oh, games, it, it does. But it, it does. most most Nintendo games, if you hit the home button, it'll pause. You know, but sometimes it won't. But most of the time it will. But in PlayStation, it won't. I figured it was the same thing. You hit the home button and the race keeps going. You're just not there, <laughs> you know. So who know who knows what happens? But no, it's a, you yeah, turn it into a, a bottle of glue. <laughs> but, but it's a yeah. It's it's a lot of it's a really fun game. Uh, I found it really addicting and yeah. I've been winning. I like it. Yeah, I played I played a lot of it this week. I didn't. I guess I didn't play as much as you, or maybe I did. I just didn't do as well. But um, no, I like it. I mean, I think about playing it when I'm not playing it. Like thinking about cards because you know it's just based on really basic card rules that you just already know and that's kind of the joke of the game that it, the it is but it's such an, yeah the main character is like a dummy like and that's another thing i love about this game that you're playing just an idiot 
who's <laughs> just like yeah the main he's like i want to be a horse like, racer <laughs> i want to be a horse true. racer so this guy's like all right i'll let you race one of my horses if you want uh let's see you trade a little bit and you immediately die yeah <laughs> you get killed like, by you immediately horse. die the horse kills you and then you the way the way and then you come back from the dead and the angel that you meet in like heaven or purgatory or whatever is like if you don't win the cup you're gonna go to heck after you die yeah <laughs> yeah and so like you have to win he's like okay but i don't actually know how to race horses as you could probably tell he doesn't even say as you could probably oh, did, tell did you <laughs> did you get did you get so maybe maybe you haven't got here yet so uh so there's a part later where you meet up with the angel guy again and your character's like nope hey because I, I, I won the derby and you're like hey i won the derby i don't have to go to heck anymore and the guy was like ah, oh, no i i made that up he's like i i, I just i just was betting against <laughs> you and i and i thought that that would like <laughs> would keep you from yeah so so there's like a whole like extra cut scene about heck and all that that's so pretty, it was pretty the hilarious. same guy with just a fake beard on or was it well no he, i mean he's still the angel he still has the angel halo and all that but he's like but he's like, oh no! I but just... he is the same guy, like yeah. the same character. Well, yeah, he's the same guy that you talk to normally. But but the angel says that he made up the hex stuff just because he was betting on you or something like that. And so yeah, it's pretty. It's I don't know. Pretty, it's it's really pretty funny. funny. But you know, it's definitely. As I got said, that, I just love. I yeah. love playing games where the main character is just an idiot. Like, it's so funny. <laughs> yeah, it's got it's got that charming. It's got the charming humor to it. And yeah, your character's a total total moron. And I also like that it's. It's not that mean to you when you lose. Like the guy will be like, he'll be like, hmm, couldn't get that one, could uh, you? And your and, and, and your character's <laughs> like, nope. And it's like, all right, how about the next one? And you're like, I'll try it. And it, it's pretty much very like, you so know, your main not, character never really gets like, yeah. distraught about anything. Can I yeah. tell you a like, story about um, uh, Cooking Mama? Because for the longest time, I thought Cooking Mama was very, very mean to you when you got stuff wrong, and it turns mm. out she was being encouraging because. I thought when you failed something, she was saying, you're not mine, because I couldn't hear it properly. <laughs> like, she was disowning oh. you. Oh, wow. And she's saying, you're all right, I think. Oh, wow. It's you're like, all right, very kid. Encouraging. <laughs> but yeah, you can't, I, when you I can't boil time, water like, without burning it, but you're all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, it's it's so much nicer than I thought. Oh, I like do not mind. Not That's mind. what she was saying. Do, do, do not, not mind. mind. Yeah, not not but it sounds oh, so yeah. much like she's saying you're not. Yeah, mine. you're not mine. That is <laughs> yeah, kind of a yeah. It's yeah. a weird thing to say. You were you are not mine. Terrible, <laughs> terrible cooker. But seriously, the first it's time I played you, this, you know, when I was like 13, I, I literally thought it was her disowning you, and that could be my own trauma talking there. But like, yeah. seriously, it, I really thought that's what she said until way, way more recently. And then we looked it up, and yeah, do not mind. She's like, it's mm-hmm. no big deal. You'll be all right. And I'm like, wow, that changes mm-hmm. everything for me about cooking, Mama. So much less stressful now. There's some, there's a cool thing. I mean, there's a lot of cool things at Park a Card Jockey, but like when you, uh, so you know, you you'll win certain. It'll it'll uh, collect all the trophies that you get and all that. And if you go to a race that you've already gotten a trophy for, the guy will be like, "Well, you know, you already won this one, so why don't you try this one?" So he'll give you a different pathway to a different thing. And mm-hmm. that's how I ended up with that extra long race that I ended up fucking up really badly. But I, I think it's cool that that you do that. Where it's like, hey, you already won this, so why don't you try this other one? And then because there's kind of like a pathway, and you go different ways depending on how many you win. But it's cool that you can still like go another pathway and not play a race that you already did if you've already won that or that sort of thing. Yeah, I like when you get choices like yeah. that. But it gets and it gets more complicated. I haven't re- never really got into the breeding, but I'm really interested in doing it where you can take your 
you know, it's kind of, it sort of reminds me of a Fire Emblem, actually, like Fire Emblem Awakening, where you take like your skills mm-hmm. from two characters and combine them together for another one, like the same sort of thing, like you build skills with your horses, and then they can have another horse, and you can carry on the skills from one to another, and blah, 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 and all that, so. I don't have any it horses that are. a lot of are, charm. Yeah. I don't have any that are old so, enough to breed yet, so I haven't gotten there yet, but. Yeah, it's got it has a lot of charm, and I mean, for fifteen bucks, you can't beat it. Like, it's made by Game Freak, you know. It's it's got a nice pedigree, pun intended, and uh, it's a fun game. And and you will, yeah, it's uh, yeah. If you think that fifteen is a lot of dollars, you'll you'll get a lot of hours out of this game. Like I put many many hours, and I, I think the I think this three DS one was like eight bucks or something like that, and I still put like mm-hmm. forty some hours into it or something like that. So if you, uh, yeah, if you can. There's a lot to do, you know, especially if you get into the breeding and like trying to collect all the trophies and all that. And yeah, it's 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 a cool little game. I like it, it a sounds lot. Very cool. I like it a lot. And uh, what was it? Also, also coming off the direct from last week, I'm still playing Blastcore. That was my that was my middle name because my latest uh, promotion. Because they always call you a different thing every time you get com- promoted. And I went from like master to spoiler to demolition fanatic. Now I'm a grand eradicator. But I think I'm almost done with the game. Like I think I just finished all the medium level levels and it said you're almost to the master levels or you're at the master levels now. So I'm definitely going to beat it cuz I love that game. I think it's I think it's a great great game and I think that it's aged pretty well. And it's weird like the game has like so many secrets in it. It kind of reminds me of Donkey Kong Country even. I mean it's a rare game. They're both rare games. But it does the same thing where like you beat a level and the color of the circle of the level on the map that shows whether you fully beat it or not. But just like all the, just how like complex some of the, some of the um, bonuses are is pretty cool. Like there's one where you got to get like this, this tricycle that has like missiles and you got to shoot this door that's farther down and blow up the door. And then you go into the door and you get in a train that's behind there and you move the train and then you put a car on the train and move it back to another thing. It like has all this really, really complex uh, bonuses in there. But yeah, the game's awesome. It's a, and I've been playing with my uh, wireless 64 controller, so it makes it even better like that. And I'm really glad that it's made it to Switch. And I still think it's very underrated rare game. I mean, I think it's definitely one of my favorite 64 rare games. But, yeah, still playing that game a lot. And uh, this week, as of today, uh, the one that I've been really, really waiting on, very excited about, is uh, Star Wars Dark Forces Remaster. just came out today for Nintendo Switch and all other consoles. And uh, yeah, I was very, I really wanted to play it last night, but unfortunately it didn't come out until 6 a.m. this morning. I thought about staying up that late, but I didn't. It's, <laughs> uh, but uh, it just came out today, and I played through the first couple levels. And it's, uh, yeah, Night Dive Studios did a wonderful job with it. It's just another really well-crafted, remastered, remastered game. It's kind of similar to the, to the Tomb Raider one. You can, map, you can map a button to like switch between the two graphic styles if you want, but they're not as different as Tomb Raider, so I don't know necessarily do that, but they, they did a really good job of uh, basically taking the old sprites and, like, renewing them, but still kind of making them look like sprites. And the game is, like, 60 frames per second on, on the Switch. It's, like, super smooth. Um, there's, uh, there's gyroscopic aiming now. Uh, you can never, you, you know, you can, you can move, you can aim much freely. I mean, it was, it was pretty hard to aim in the original one. Like, I played it uh, keyboard and mouse, you know, when it came out, which was, like, I don't want to say like 1994 or three or something like that. 
we had to we had to upgrade our computer to play it. I remember because we needed to have a higher RAM speed or whatever to get it to work. But but yeah, it's a. Ever since it came out, I always wanted to play it with a controller. You know, ever since I played Turok, I was like, oh man, I wish I could play Dark Forces like Turok, where I could like run and aim at the same time. And now finally, finally, you can on Switch. That's gyroscopic controls. It but yeah, it has a has like HD rumble. You can even play like the original. Uh, I think I think uh, Quake had this too, but. You can play like the original demo level that like no one was able to play. That was like a, it was on a demo disc, you know. And th- and there's a whole bunch of extra shit in there, like uh, behind the scenes and whatnot. And yeah, I highly recommend it if you like, if you like any of the old Star Wars games. Or for me, I just really like the old uh, first person shooters, like the old Doom clone. Yeah, I was stuff. a huge Dark Forces fan when I was a kid. I'd, um, yeah, it's you a, know, it's Cal a good Katarn. game. What was this? What's this ship called? Like the Moldy Crow or something like that? Oh, I, I don't remember the name of his ship, but uh, I can't yeah, believe that um, what's a, a Jan Ors is in it. Like going all the way back to to, to Dark Forces One, because yeah, that's your girlfriend later in the games, and yeah, Kyle Katarn. You get to see her, uh, and and the cutscenes they've kept them in their same like beauty. They still look like the point and click cutscenes of like uh, Lucas Arts back in the day, like Sam and Max, and and uh, and like those type of games, and. Like what was it? Sam and Max. Like there's an Indiana Jones game, and what was the one with the motorcycle? I can't remember the name of it. But yeah, I played. I played a bunch of uh, those. Full games. Throttle. Full Throttle. Yeah, they're they're that one. Yeah. But that sort of I'm anim- a huge Full Throttle fan too. Yeah. That that mm-hmm. animation style is like the same that you have for Dark Forces One, and it's just amazing. And they, you know, they they like, you know, they upgraded it, but it still looks like that same like type of animation, and it's really cool. Like it's I, I highly recommend it to anybody who is it was into. Those type of games into old first person shooters and Night Dive Studios, like they're fucking killing it. Like they 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 do they, yes. they're basically making all the games that I want to play. Like they well they did <laughs> they did the Turok you know they re released the Turok trilogy and they did mm-hmm. like they they did all these just all these amazing like first person shooter games. Like they did you know they did really good stuff with Quake and all that. And I just I just love I just buy you should it. check out their um, buy everything System they put Shock, out. Um, I really remaster. want, yeah, I really want to, but it's Remake. not. I think I don't. I don't know if I have anything I can play it on. I was hoping it would come to Switch or Switch Two or something, and then mm-hmm. I'll play it because I, I never uh, played that I always, game. Yeah, I wish just a. I just assume Night Dive comes to Switch. Is I it System Shockers or two, or is it both? It, it's just the first one because okay. uh, you know the original one was. Uh, man, I can't remember what engine that was on, but it was a uh, you know two D or three right. uh, D but sprite uh, based whatever, and they just completely remade it three D, and it's it's, cool. it's gorgeous. Fantastic. It's like yeah. lickable, gorgeous. Um, like, <laughs> and the gorgeous. game systems are surprisingly feel a lot like they did in the original uh, um, iteration, but um, yeah, damn, it is. And for those listening, like that might not know, it's like a Bioshock precursor. Yes, like yes. way early Bioshock precursor. Oh yeah, no, no. I've I've always wanted to play it, and I did watch a review of it, and it looked really good. I just I don't know if it's even on PS4. If I could get it, because I don't have a PS5, but uh, I did want to play it, and I figured it would eventually show up in Switch or the Switch successor or something like that. Because Night Dive, it kind of like holds a place to my head, to, like to yeah, them. like the uh, like the original Fallout games. Like I'd like to at least try to play one of them. Or even like a Grand Theft Auto, I guess like China Chinatown Wars just sort of brings you back to it. But like, I don't know. These games were long into their life cycle before I ever cared about them. No, it's funny because I I played the original top down Grand Theft Auto, and 
uh you know i played fallout one and two way before i, I thought mm-hmm. i wasn't a huge fan of fallout three when it went to 3d because of the kind of oh yeah you know, <laughs> thought in fact a lot of it's funny because you know i didn't have an n64 because i thought when games uh, i had an snes and i thought when games were transitioning to 3d they, it was kind of clumsy so i was more of a pc gamer back then than n64 but now obviously you know i kind of chasing my childhood with all my retro collections so all the stuff i didn't have back then I well say. also though there's just a time to catch up yes yeah yeah i would yeah it was i think that i think it was digital foundry did another review of uh dark forces but yeah it was pretty cool to look at dark forces just like as how what it meant in like the history of video games because yeah we had doom that like blew everything away but dark forces actually did a lot of things that other system other games had not done the main thing is uh, multi-level is what we called it as kids when we would do like Doom, make Doom levels and stuff like that. You know, multi-level where you could have like, a, you know, stuff on top of on, on top of each other. And Doom couldn't do that, but Dark Forces can. Like, so they do have levels where there's like a basement and a middle and a roof and all that that all exist in one space. So there's some really, really cool stuff in there if you're interested in that sort of like original, you know, first person uh, game development stuff. And I think it's awesome. It's 30 bucks. Some people think that's too high. I think that's, a great price just because they did such a bang up job of, of redo of like remastering it and all that. And I wish it was, pl- I wish I was playing it right now. Yeah. But, now that uh, they did dark forces, you know. <laughs> they should do outlaws. Cause, um, yeah. outlaws is the other game that was made in the Jedi engine. Um, cause it looks oh, yeah. so much like the build engine, but, uh, it's the Jedi engine or, uh, or, Kex, or what do they call it? Like Kex engine now or something like that. Or at least that's what they used for this one which I, I i recognize that because their power slave uh remaster that they did also had the kex slave or had the kex engine on there so. oh i didn't know that yeah i didn't i didn't follow the that's interesting yeah because um but um yeah I, I think they should do outlaws next but um i didn't know they used the kex engine for this that's very cool yeah it's in the it shows it at the beginning of the game it did the same thing for uh for power slave but you know i love uh, i love all the stuff they do uh I saw a lot of comments on Twitter about this, asking them to do Shadows of the Empire. You know, maybe they'll get to that next. But I want them to see. I want them to do Dark Forces Two, Jedi Knight One, or whatever it was called, because I never played that one, and that's like the one that I didn't play at all. Of them. Like I played, you know, I played Jedi Knight Two, Jedi Outcast, which is Dark Forces Three, blah blah. blah and I did mm-hmm. Jedi Academy. Those games were already on Switch. Jedi Outcast was a really great game, actually. I had a blast with that game. Yes. But, uh, it, it's much better yeah. than uh, um, Jedi Knight 1 or Dark Forces 2 or whatever. But um, oh, okay. one of the things uh, about that is um, it had full motion video cutscenes. And at the time, uh, Star Wars was kind of like uh, not obscure, but like kind of they weren't making them mm-hmm. really anymore. So like to see live action Star Wars again was fantastic back oh, then. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was, you know, part of uh, one of my favorite video games because uh, I loved uh, Dark Forces One and Dark Forces Two is fantastic, but yeah, yeah, I, I remember Jedi playing. Is, I think I played the okay. online multiplayer, but that was about it that I played of the Jedi Knight stuff. I didn't play the actual game, but I heard like great, great things about it. Yeah, they, you're right. Like in in that time with the uh, Star Wars FMB stuff, like one of the first Star Wars PC games I played was Rebel Assault, and uh, <laughs> yeah. and Rebel Assault Two had FMV stuff in it. Like I remember that being yes. like the big oh, the- thing where they brought actors in there and they filmed all these scenes and stuff. And yeah, I was a huge Star Wars fan back when it wasn't cool to be a Star Wars fan in high school, hey, you know. And uh, <laughs> you know, and, yeah, and, and I love and I love seeing it. You know, we we grasped onto whatever we had, and now we're kind of drowned with it. But you know, uh, you know, back in the day, it was, you know, I was like. Dark Forces was amazing. Like I was like, oh my god, a, a Doom Star Wars game. Like let's fucking go. You know, like uh, yeah, it was it was really really cool. 
I, I really, uh, I, they don't really, they mostly do first person shooter stuff, but I would love to see them have them do a remaster of TIE Fighter because I, I played the shit out of TIE Fighter when I was in high school. That, that would that, be awesome. That game yeah. was really, really cool. And I would love to see that on a system or X Wing or both of them, whatever. Like, bring that back. Like, those games are really good. But yeah, that's, that's what I've been doing. Well, in my house, Suica game has been a hit. I thought about getting that too. Awesome because it was so yeah. cheap. Yeah, I think I have enough gold points now to get that. I was. I want to be very clear. Up. Maybe I should. Yeah, maybe I should clear it up earlier. Fan of melons is my middle name. I meant this game. I mean, melons <laughs> is a fruit. They're delicious, but I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be buying them all the time. Whereas in this game, they are the top of the fruit chain, so to speak, um, because all the fruits like multiply into more fruits as they go. I explained a bit last week, so. Not going to go into it too much, but I show this game to Shauna and she loves it. And in fact, is better than me already, as she is at any other puzzle game we start to play together usually. Uh, and uh, yeah, so she's seen the actual watermelon, which is the top of the tree. And when I was explaining it last week, you know, to not get too much into it, but it's a little bit like the 2048 game. I think it's just like a 3D based. 2048 with like physics added and when you like expand your pieces they actually shove the other ones out to the point where either you're going to get some awesome chain reactions or you're going to like lose because they're going to go outside of like the parameters of the puzzle so yeah it's been fun to play there's actually a a competitive mode that we played only once where you attack each other we don't know how it works so I'm going to play a bit more of that this week, maybe, hopefully. But we've really enjoyed just playing the normal two-player mode where you just play for high score. So when the other person, when one person loses by, uh, you know, getting out of it, out of the uh, the puzzle space, much like Tetris or similar games, you just have to sit there and watch the other person keep playing. And uh, they can choose to, once they exceed your score, they can just be like, all right, game over. Or they can keep playing. Sean, Sean always keeps playing, yeah. <laughs> that reminds me of the Tetris on uh, the, the, the Sega Genesis Tetris that wasn't released uh-huh. until the Genesis Mini. Because uh, that one uh-huh. has two player, but it's not actually two player. It's just, it's just two single players next to each other, and they don't actually that's inter- exactly interact with each other. So you don't send junk to each other. So that's interesting. So there, yeah, there's junk mode, which we don't understand, and we've only played the one time. And then the other mode, it's just like we both get to play the game at the same time. Even the pieces we're being like given are different randomly, so it's totally just two one-player games happening at once. But it's still fun, and uh, the more you play of it, the more you just start to construct these chains of. Uh, I mean, yeah, they're literally chain reactions, but you just start to kind of get a grip on what it means, and it becomes more and more fun. And I've gotten to the point where I can sit and play it for like an hour straight. And it's not even like time sensitive, especially even in that two player mode. Like you could think about your moves, but it's like, it, I think about like Peggle, like think about Peggle where there's so much randomosity to it, but at least lets you like take your time to, to, to make your move. This is like that where you can just be like, well, I don't know. So yeah. And that could be annoying in two player mode, but that's how we play. Yeah, I'll have to try. Yeah, I like it. It's cheap. Uh, it's everywhere. I think it just came on the Switch recently. I think it's been a mobile game for quite a while. And 
The soundtrack is not good. I will say that. <laughs> you normally, when I'm playing an indie game, I'm like, the soundtrack's great. No, this one sucks. Mm. So yeah, turn it all the way down and play uh, Metallica or whatever you like to hear. <laughs> so from what I heard, it was a, it was really big as a Japanese eShop game, and then it was just brought here recently, is, is what I heard about. Okay. About, about Suica. Or, and there's been yeah. a, like a lot of like imitators, but this is like the actual version. So no, it's it's fun. And um everything about it is like you have to keep touching two fruits together, going all the way up the chain until you get all the way to the top. And the big goal, what we would have learned is if you get two watermelons, what happens when they touch? And that's like kind of what we care about. That's why we're like all about melons in this household, because we want to see what happens when you if you get the two watermelons and they touch, and that's like a common goal we have together. So, so far, Sean is the only one who's gotten all the way up to the watermelon. I've gotten to the level below, and I've gotten two of them, but I didn't get them to touch. I tried. Yeah, you got to play this game. It's 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 so hard to explain without just playing it. It makes so much sense when you play it. Like it's I'm just... literally playing it right now on my phone. <laughs> have you I played it like, before? I... Today? No, I've never seen it. You mentioned 2048, but I've played, I haven't really played that much, but I played threes a lot because threes recently actually uh, had a uh, PC release. I've been playing it on my Steam Deck a ton. But yeah, this, this is kind of like 2048, right? You can sort of see the. Um, so anyway, let's see. I already kind of covered that. And yeah, we already talked about Pocket Card. According, uh, according to Wikipedia, it was released in 2021 in Japan and it just recently came out here in 2023. Oh. This week. So it's like, yeah, the soundtrack's terrible, but the, the gameplay itself is just very compelling and the simplicity yet the complexity. And eventually you realize you're like, you're using pieces to like propel other pieces by how you're changing them. Hey friends, <laughs> your boys. Yeah. But, uh, I want to say a little bit about Baldur's Gate three. Well, hold on. i Let's see, I'm gonna cover my nickname also, which would what I say. So the 401 one, that was just a joke about how it's episode 411. So yeah, I guess I probably didn't need to explain that, but wanted to make sure I said that. But yeah, I also like melons. I like melons of all kinds, and uh, especially in this game. And then uh moving on to Baldur's Gate 3. I can't talk about this game anymore. I'm totally in the like crazy spoiler territory. Um I made a lot of crazy decisions because I just want the game to be over. And yeah, I can't talk about it anymore, but I am on the final battle. It's a very complex, multi-tiered kind of scenario. And maybe I'll have it beat by next week. Maybe I won't. But I know for a fact I'm on the final battle because <laughs> context. That's all I can say. And then lastly, um, I listened to uh, a Retronauts episode this week where they were talking about uh, remakes versus remasters and you know not not exactly a new topic for a podcast but um, they happen to cover the Resident Evil 4 remake which I've only heard good things about really but I never got around to playing beyond the demo but I played through the demo three or four times you know I, I liked it enough so finally it was like I'm going to see if it's on sale if it's on sale I'm going to buy it and it was on sale on the PS5. So I bought it and I love it. It's so good. I figured you'd get it eventually when it was on sale. It's so good. It's like Resident Evil 4 
all over again like you never played it before but it's sort of familiar but it's not like it'll throw you for a loop every time you think you know what's going to happen next but then you also just keep having these deja vu feelings when you're traveling through the environment and i really love it like i've probably put about two hours into it i would say i uh i don't know if i'm gonna fight the lake beast first or if they're changing the order of the bosses but i'm right by the lake and uh all i can say is now that i've actually gotten into the game and i've like met the shopkeeper and i'm into the economy and and stuff like it's it's a blast and i that's a game i would like to be playing right now you know like i'm just thinking about it at this moment because wow what to play ps or ps5 to play resident evil 4 all over again as though i never played it like you don't get that chance much with games beyond like brain injury or something and i actually get to do that with this game and i'm excited you know resident evil 4 is literally the only resident evil game i've never played uh in any oh at all even though it's been released like a million times on various systems yep i um Yeah. yeah and i always meant to get around to it i never did and uh, yeah, I really need to change that. I actually own the uh, remake, even I just haven't gotten around to it. Mm. I, I, was I will say, like when I played the the demo the first time of the remake, um, I wasn't super keen on it, and uh, and you know just because the controls are all wonky and they don't make sense. But then I went black, back and played a little bit more of the uh, original that I have on the Switch because you know, like Trey said, it's on everything. <laughs> and I and I've put like sixty or seventy hours into the Switch version, so I, I went back to it. I'm like, holy crap, these controls are so wonky. Like you just have to like they suck. <laughs> adjust to that wheel. You have to put yourself back into that place, and then you're enjoying. Well, it you you gotta you know, like I said before, Tomb Raider. You, you gotta you gotta make your mind. Yeah. You you gotta Whereas you gotta commit to the remake, tank controls. Because yeah. the tank this controls remake, are still like, there. Yeah. The controls are so fun and familiar. If you've played any other third person like action game, like it feels very souls like, except for the fact that you can't roll. You can't do the roll dodge. Otherwise, like all the controls make total sense and and um especially with inverting the y-axis in like all my aiming stuff, like I've been having a blast with it. I haven't found it too um challenging. I've got it on the normal difficulty. So I'll probably play through it, beat it do new game plus and then maybe eventually i'll do the hard mode but um, i love it so far it's fun it's it's like experiencing the game all over again in a new way and not even in like a hokey like modernized way just like if the game were made today this is what it would be like but it's the same game it's still just as campy and cheesy as it ever was if it's anything like Village, it'll be like you play it once and then you want to play it again and you unlock more stuff and then you want to play it again and again yep. and again and again. And eventually you'll unlock like unlimited ammo and lightsabers Which and whatever is what, other shit. I mean, the original Resident Evil 4, that's the only Resident Evil 4 game I've ever finished because of that, because of that new game plus mode where you can just keep getting like your second run of that game can just be you like rocket, rocket blasting everybody in one hit and it's so great. It feels so good to go back to those areas that were so scary and stressful and just one shot everything. I love it. This is my kind of game. I love these action RPGs, if you even want to call it that, where you can just mop the floor later 
with things that used to terrorize you. Um, that's pretty much it, though. Cool. Is there, I don't know, is there any new stuff that we need to talk about? I don't really, it's not really. I mean, the Pokemon the Direct, Direct was the big one. Yeah, that was the big uh, news. I, I have not played the Splatoon 3 side order. In fact, I haven't bought it. I, I also want to yeah. buy Pentiment. I kind of want well, to, so but I thought uh, about it. I, I wanted to, but in my where I was, I've been traveling a lot for work, and the last hotel I was at, I could not connect to the internet with my Switch. So I was like, there's no reason to get Splatoon 3 because I can't probably can't play it online. Because don't you need to play it online or something? Or maybe you don't. I don't know. But anyway, I heard it was cool. It looked it looked fun. But also, I have bought other stuff that I'm still playing, so I haven't gotten around to it yet. But want to at some point. I um I've got a lot going on this year. In fact, uh, here in just less than four weeks, I will be going on a road trip across all the way across the west in a big van. That's gonna be fun. And then uh, I'm getting married later this year, so. Yeah, I've just got. Yeah, you got a lot. Thank you. Yeah, I've got. I've got a lot of stuff to where I actually have to be like, do I buy this game now? And yes, I did buy the the remake. But I, I, as far as buying brand new Nintendo games, it's it's gonna be a little rougher. Well, you know, year or so. I mean, Pentiment's only twenty bucks, and so Splatoon. And that might be a good game (laughs) to play on the road. Actually, yeah, Pentiment would be a good one to take with me because I can bring my Switch with me on the road. But yeah, big chunk of. Next month is going to be me away from my games, and I don't know how I feel about that. Bring all your bring all your portables. Yes, Artaboy FX. Bring your three Boy Advance. Bring your three DS. Three DS, yes. Bring your three DS. Three DS was a good. Maybe system. I'll get the VR thing working on the Virtual Boy thing working on it before then. I really want to get that thing working. I guess that's the uh, we didn't talk about it yet. I, that that is news that I want to talk about. So somebody got a. I mean, you, you have to mod your 3ds, but I really, really want to just to try this. But somebody got it to where you can you can download it. It's completely free. You can get this um, 3ds game that basically puts all or not 3ds. Uh, you can play all the Virtual Boy games on the 3ds through this um, through this modded uh, software. You have to mod your your 3ds to use it. But I've heard it works great. It runs at the same speed as the, as the Virtual Boy. You can change the color if you want to. It doesn't have to be red all the time. You can make it white or blue or whatever. It, it gives you the full spectrum of colors. I guess the only uh, neg- negative thing I've heard is you can't really adjust the 3D. It's either like full as 3D or not 3D. But still, just the fact that you could play it in 3D on a 3DS is pretty amazing. And you can play like even like the Shin Megami Tensei game that was like only in Japan, like is on there, like the Jackfruit game or whatever, which is supposed to be really cool. And there's oh, two, and there, Jack Bros. Yeah, and there's like two different there's two different Tetris games that are on there as well that you can play. It's basically every Virtual Boy game that came out you can play in 3D. I want to play your, Waterworld on your 3DS <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, it's I, I have that. It is yeah. basically you do like have a tiger. It? Yes, I do. It's it's your basically 3DS like a, or your Virtual Boy still works. I take it. Yes, and well, actually, ironically, the one behind me doesn't. Uh, that one's beautiful. It's gorgeous and great shape, though. Uh, I just got to resolder um, the lens because you know the how lenses the come gets. unstuck. Yeah, both yeah. of mine are like that. Uh, yeah, my, have, mine broke uh, too. I mean, I could I could fix it. I just haven't got around to it yet. But I have a working one in my closet. It's just it's a little banged up, and that's the one I take out to actually play. But yeah, I have Waterworld. It's awful. I don't know if you've actually ever played <laughs> it. Sure it is. It's worse than you think. Do you repair uh, Virtual Boys? Yes, I yes. could repair them. Yeah. Holy shit! 
Yeah, yeah my, me, my person. We both have broken um, console. <laughs> yeah, savescumrestore.com. Uh, well, actually, okay. our website is a little uh, under construction right now, but uh, we, uh, yeah, small business is um, uh, small electronic repair, uh, save, score, save scum restore. Do Jeez. you call, do you want to send the whole system or just the, um, the lenses and the, like the board or whatever? Uh, no, actually, it's just a headset. Well, actually, if you want to take no the the upper headset, I don't need any of the rest of the stuff. You can even take the um, oh my god, the eye. I can't think of what it's called right now. The um, you know, well, I've actually opened mine up and taken like the lenses out because I tried repairing them, and so I've already <laughs> I've already disassembled it a little bit, and I put um, it in the oven and it made it work for a little bit. Oh, did yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, Interesting. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's a yeah, pretty yeah. Well, the it worked for about that, like a week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, uh, if you want a uh, solid long-term repair, uh, somebody actually makes a uh, board that replaces the ribbon cable. That thing works fantastically. I don't have one on any mine, but I I've put it on one before, and um, yeah, so it's not hard. Manufacturer actually... those where you can like get them readily at this point. Like, I haven't I don't looked know. into it in years. So. I swear to God, every time I tell somebody that something like that exists, they don't make them anymore. So I'd have to look it up. I haven't mm-hmm. had maybe a year or two since I've, I've uh, done it. Or We may have even talked about it when you were on our podcast before. It's possible. possible. But uh, speaking of uh, places to catch you when you just said, uh, why don't you tell everybody where to find all of your work on the internet and all that? In case we... Uh, yes, I'm... Uh, we're uh, Well, Marielle and I are both editors at... Uh, thirdcoastreview.com uh also we started a publication culturecombine.com and i are uh, electronics uh well I, I repair a lot of uh retro game consoles as mostly do but small electronics repair at save scum restore.com can yeah, you i mean like um i echo all these things um but yeah we re- we uh he wasn't kidding about the it belongs in a museum thing that's actually kind of how we run save scum restore we're trying to restore things it's not just repair. It's trying to get them in, you know, good condition to preserve history. History, that's like behind everything we do is games history. So, I love it because there's so many materials that just were not built to last. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and those virtual boys fat. are notorious yeah. for that. They all have that problem pretty it's much. As though they always. And there's not that. There's not that many of them out there. So it's like you know, what you what you can fix it with and, and it didn't last very long even so there's not even like a and I've slim, seen some slim better version like, or whatever you know like I thought about because I have two I thought about making one into a consoleized version but that's a, a whole other thing oh interesting well that's, like I wouldn't that. do it I wouldn't be doing it I would be paying space to do it oh, by okay. the way you should uh you should try to figure out how to mod your 3ds though so you can turn it into a virtual boy and take it with you on your vacation that's what you should do it sounds like a great idea. Is that is that just a soft mod then, or is it? It's a so, I, it it's sounds a, like it's a soft it's a soft mod. A soft mod yeah. yeah, I think you just oh, you, that should be super easy. You just to download it's be it. something similar to the whatever the pipe bomb or whatever that was on the. Yeah, you just download a thing and put it on your uh, mini SD or micro SD or whatever. And I, I was trying to figure okay. it out. I didn't figure out exactly how to do it, but I really want to try it just to play the 3ds. Uh, it's called Red Viper, by the way. Is what the is what the uh, um, Virtual Boy 3ds uh, emulator is, and apparently it works really well. And it and you can um, you can swap how you have the controls. Like you can actually, if you have the new 3DS, you can use the mini nub to for the um, for the second uh, digital pad because there were the two pads. I'll probably soften mm, my original yeah. one. 
and you can and you can but you can swap what you have on the screen so if you want to have like your digital pad on on the touch screen you can do that and then use like you can decide or you can use the abxy buttons as the other digital pad and then put the uh other buttons on the touch screen but you, you can do different things to try to make it work with just the way that just because the controller was so different than the way the 3ds is you know you can get that on there there are so many 3d mods out there 3ds mods out there i have trouble keeping track of them Still, it's still a super popular. I just system. want one to be accessible. If you look up, uh, if you if you look up Red Viper, it'll show it'll. There's kind of like a how-to showing you how to. Because I know, I think there's an that. Oculus one, which I don't own an Oculus, but if I ever got an Oculus, I would. That's one of the first things I would do. Is put uh, Virtual Boy games on it. Yeah, I heard about yeah. that too. It'd be like, you know, uh, Beat Saber, then Virtual Boy, and then I'd be <laughs> like, that's all I need. <laughs> but then you want other things but yeah uh, thank nope. you thank you so much for joining us uh Antal and and uh mariel and uh yeah thanks for th- having th- us thanks for showing us yeah the, we appreciate you showing up th- thanks for showing us the we that ati we it's very cool i'd never heard about it before and it's definitely like yeah that that could have been some of the very first we's ever you know before the for the millions that they sold or whatever so yeah, yeah, so I'll be surprised cool. if you ever see one again. But if you do, let us know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. I'm very curious. Anyone has any information about it? I mean, let, let yes, us please. know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. We're here, here to hopefully amplify that and get more yeah. eyes on it. That would be amazing. Everybody, check out the uh, the Culture Combine and uh, and Third Course review and all that. I'll put links on the on the uh, description so you can find it there. And thanks Thank again you. for joining us. And if you want to. Uh, if you want to support our show, Nintendo Main, go to uh, patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast, and you can hear bonus episodes and WRT radios and see the early videos of us recording and all that stuff on there. And also uh, youtube.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast. You can find my whatever my, my wrestling stream on there and uh, other stuff. I was trying to do uh, first-person stuff, but then I was not around. I really wanted to do a stream of Dark Forces, but can't do it now because i'm elsewhere but yeah you can you can find all that there you can find us on you can find us on twitter and, and blue sky i'm at nintendo underscore domain on twitter and jeremy's at jmax tech i think blue sky just look up nintendo main you can find it there and all that stuff and uh yeah thanks for thanks for being on the show and thanks everybody for listening to us uh, we've been your host i'm trey johnson i'm jerry mikowski and our special guests i'm mariel volcor and I'm Antal Bokor. Awesome. And thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next time. See ya. Thanks, guys. That was fun.